Okay, hello, welcome back to the Chillmart Podcast. My name is Riley, and I'm here with Hunter. Um, so this is going to be basically like a 3.5. Basically, it's going to be a sequel to last week's episode, but when we're filming it, we filmed it like 20 minutes ago. Um, so any news that comes up within the next two weeks we'll cover um in the next episode after this one hopefully we'll have a guest on the next one that's the hope um and yeah we'll sort of just we'll go from there so we're gonna plug our uh socials real quick on instagram we are the real chill mart on twitter we're at chilly marty 69 oh my god okay on YouTube, we're Chillmart Podcast, and you can find us on Spotify at Chillmart. So, what do you want to talk about first this week? Uh, you said there was something about Ubisoft, the game studio, that you wanted to talk about, maybe. We'll, we'll go with that. Oh, yeah, so, um, as of a couple of days ago, apparently, well, YouTube, uh, Ubisoft delayed the Avatar game in, a, I guess, an earnings call they had, it says here. And they uh, scrapped four projects, um, one of which is a Splinter Cell game. Which makes sense. Yep. (laughs) And one of them is a Ghost Recon game. Which um, which is... I mean, that makes so much bank, though. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe because Extraction bombed and no one bought it. Was it Extraction? No, that was Rainbow Six Extraction. Never mind. um, Never mind. Yeah. uh, Ghost Breakpoint. 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 That's it. You're right. Yeah. Okay. And, yes, and uh, two other unannounced titles. Probably one of them was a Splinter Cell game, Because be they just haven't made... They haven't made one since, like, the late 2000s, right? It's been at least a decade. Yep. Uh, yeah. It has its Wonderful. Fans. Wonderful. And, uh, apparently it's because of more uncertain economic environments that they're facing AKA right now. AKA they're going to go bankrupt in, like, a year or two. Yeah, they're probably not going to last. I know... You, they hold a lot of beloved IPs, and if nobody buys them, I'm sure those IPs will just fly all over the place. Dude, I'm telling you, Sony can buy them for like $15 billion, which sounds like a lot, but Activision was bought out for like 80 so this is like a yeah. mega fraction Especially of the fact that they're just And you dying. can get so much. Like Assassin's Creed, Tom Clancy, yeah, they are doing the Star Wars game. They have the Avatar game. They have Rayman, Rabbit, Splinter Cell. Like, despite Ubisoft not doing anything with them, they have a lot of stuff that can be used. So, I do hope that... Like, I don't want the employees to get fucked over by this. I want the CEOs to get fucked over by this. No matter what, (laughs) they'll probably be bought out and the CEOs will go home with The biggest paycheck, yeah. That's what happened to Bobby Kotick, so, you know. That's true, that's true. And um, uh, uh, there were rumors uh, like a couple of months ago that they were looking for people to buy them, but nobody was looking to buy them Which because their reputation of... is like awful, I guess. But Microsoft was willing to buy Activision, and they have probably but... even worse, at least behind the scenes. Yeah. But see, Activision sells more, and they just are well, better yeah. in general than Ubisoft. So, I get it, but Ubisoft, like, when they're good, they're, like, really good, you know. It's just, 
I, I, I want the employees to be able to survive this because, like, I don't care if the CEO gets fucked, but, like, there is a bunch of, like, people that work their asses off in crunch and they're going to get fucked over by this if it goes bankrupt. So I really do hope that someone comes in and saves them. There's people who want to let their creative liberties lose. Like, they, they want to let their creativity lose, but they're forced to have the same formula over and over again that they have to use. Because Ubisoft is known for the formula that they use for every game. Yeah. So, yeah. that That's it for Ubisoft. They're, they're probably going to get bought out. I do hope it's <laughs> Sony. Because if Microsoft buys it, then, like, I th- game over, I probably. Th- think, is it em- Embracer Group? I think it's Embracer Group that's going to buy it out. Who the hell's Embracer Group? Uh, Gearbox? No, wait. Uh, yeah, Embracer Group. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, I'm just learning about this for the first time. I don't know who this is. What? They own THQ Nordic? And Gearbox. And Gearbox. And Dark Horse in general. What? Oh, yeah. my God. Look, so, like, some of these aren't... Yo, I do... Oh, my God. I love Easy Brain. Go back, go back, go back, go back. Easy Brain does like the picross for mobile they also do like sudoku bro i am addicted to picross <laughs> on mobile dude they they have at least a hundred hours of my life into that dude oh my god um but i mean yeah but like ooh, i mean yeah they have the crossover with nintendo right couldn't nintendo go in and swoop in and buy like rayman or some shit like because i don't i uh I mean, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, okay, that's it. We're, we're sort of just scrolling right now, so... I mean... Oh, yeah, I remember seeing that. They're, like, getting rid of all the Assassin's Creed that's games and stuff. why they probably had to cancel four games, to be honest. Because, no, we don't want to continue making money from old games. We want to make sure no one can buy them, so we stop making money. Because they're smart, right? Like, absolutely. So, it looks like... Quarter one of twenty twenty two is three hundred and twenty four million. In terms of worth, or like their how, revenue, oh, their for revenue. That quarter. Yeah. So, does that mean profit or just like the amount they made? Uh, I, I don't think that that's profit. Yeah. Also, yeah, Bungie finally went through though. Yeah, I'm I'm actually glad to hear that Bungie. I mean, I it sucks that Bungie fell for another corporation. I, I was hoping they'd be independent for a bit, but I just hope Destiny two like knock it off and they can do new shit. oh yeah it's it's good i well they have two more they have lightfall coming out at the end of the year then one more dlc and then i i think it's gonna be over at least i hope yeah like, but they, they spent all that time on destiny too yeah so they'll probably keep it alive i don't think they're gonna do what they did with the first game right they'll probably not just immediately jump into destiny 3 and just like back yeah, over the fan base right they'll They'll probably do what the sports games should have been doing, which is have the same game, but, like, update the roster, and you can, like, go back to it at any time you want. You don't have to spend $70 every time. Um, So, I mean, yeah, sucks for the employees, but I do hope that someone comes in and saves them. For for well, yeah, I mean, for Ubisoft, for, yeah, for Bungie, I mean, they're probably being saved because I think Sony actually has the balls to step in because they uh, apparently they're still they're trying to fix the toxicity within there, and 
work environment that started with Activision, because Activision kind of sorted, started to spill into them. So I think Sony's going to patch that up real quick. See, at least they hope. Sony tries to focus on the games, but they are still a company. And I feel like this generation in particular, you can see them fuck up. And you can definitely yeah. possibly see them like get dethroned or whatever. It's like the oh, top game studio, the top game studio or whatever for like Microsoft. And I know people would say, oh, well, Nintendo is always great. And it's like, maybe, but I just, I'm never interested in what Nintendo is doing. Really. Like, how, I'm not saying they're bad. They how, have their audience. How about but. this? You, you like what you like and you don't make it. Of anyone else who likes the opposite, except if it's bad. <laughs> except if it's bad. <laughs> um, that's you know, you know what I agree. Like I agree. With you that. like PlayStation? I accept that. I'm an Xbox guy. You know, okay. A friend of that's ours fine. is mostly Nintendo. PC and Nintendo. Yeah, that's that's fine. You get excited for Super Smash Bros. for the fiftieth time. I'm, I'm not. I'm sorry. I mean, I am always, even before I even owned Smash Bros. I was always excited for Smash I just wanted Bros. to see the crossover. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to see to how see. nuts it would get. And then it was an Animal Crossing character, and I just, like, turned my phone off. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I'm done. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, Alright, so. um, Hold on. Are we doing the Oscars one, or do you want to do something else first? Also, do you want to do a year at the game? Here, look up a year at the Game Awards you want to do, and I'll hop into the Oscars. All right, so last you want to do Gray Man? we will do that later. Okay. We'll do that later. Don't worry. So uh, the plan for this week is we're going to tackle Nope, uh, the Gray Man. We're gonna tackle a year at the Oscars, um, and we'll tackle a year at the Game Awards, the Jeff Keighley one. Um, I think overall, th- this should be a fun, more relaxed episode. Hopefully, not as much yelling as last time. Um, all right, so you're at the Oscars. We're doing the 2018 Oscars for the 27 movies. Um, this was a notable year because of just the amount of like great movies there were. So, Shape of Water wins Best Picture. That's Guillermo del Toro. He's been doing great work for a long time. People love the dude. He just is such an inventive person. And I think overall, it's just really great to see him have a Best Picture and Director win. Um, Also from that year, one of my personal favorites, Call Me By Your Name, nominated everywhere. So good. I, I love that movie so much. It's, it's like, it does tackle a couple of things that are kind of toxic, but I think it's able to, I guess, portray a lot of, like, love in, in like, portray love in a way that most movies and most, like, shows aren't able to, right? There's barely... A lot of, there's like not a lot of dialogue it's mostly through visuals and through music and 
just people's facial expressions say more than like lines of dialogue and like it's just wonderful movie um so shape of water wins best picture nominated everywhere wins critics choice and pga which is the guild for producers uh three billboards outside ebbing missouri was the challenger nominated everywhere won golden globe and bafta or the british oscars um i haven't seen three billboards but i hear it's really good and it's got sam rockwell my boy sam rockwell let's go uh call me by your name nominated everywhere dunkirk you've seen this movie you haven't seen the rest of these but you've seen dunkirk i watched it in war films right yep yeah, war films. i did too um nominated everywhere what, was, what, what uh, do you what do you think of? It's a Christopher Nolan movie. It was a Christopher Nolan movie. Um, I, yeah. Is that all you gotta That's say for Dunkirk? Like, yeah. That's it. <laughs> to be honest, like, there's nothing. It's that... not great, but it's not bad. Yeah. Tarantino says it's his second favorite movie of. 2010s. I don't see that at all. That's not even top 10 of 2017 for me personally. But I guess filmmakers like another filmmaker's movie. Yeah. Maybe I missed something. God knows. <laughs> it, like it, exists. Maybe, it, it is a movie <laughs> I, I that think, exists. I, yeah. um, Lady Bird nominated Golden Globe Critics Choice. PGA won comedy Golden Globe. We haven't seen Lady Bird yet. I really want yeah, to. I hear it's fantastic. It. And hype up Barbie, too. Barbie, Greta Gerwig, let's go. Get Out, the Jordan Peele horror movie, Golden Globe, Critics' Choice, PGA. Um, I have seen Get Out. I have not seen Us, but I did see Nope, so I kind of skipped over Us. Um, Get Out is pretty good, like, I, I don't think it's a like a mega masterpiece, but there's a lot done really well about that movie. Daniel Kaluuya is fantastic. I think Catherine Keener's great. I think overall the movie is very good. I just wouldn't consider it one of the best of like the decade, like a lot of people think it is. Uh, the Post. Beatty, Steven Spielberg drama about the New York Times, has Meryl Streep, Tom Hanks, um, boring as fuck, <laughs> that sounds about right, uh, Golden Globe Critics Choice, PGA, Darkest Hour, boring drama, World War II, Gary Oldman's playing Winston Churchill, it's a gross looking movie. But it got Critics' Choice in BAFTA. And then, the big surprise, Phantom Thread, which is a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, uh, gets nominated nowhere and gets in over I, Tanya, which is the Margot Robbie movie about Tanya Harding, the skater, and the event of her having a assassin try and kill one of the other contestants. Um... I'm just very, like, great movie, better 
better than Darkest Hour. That's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's for damn sure. Um, yeah, some other notable contenders was The Greatest Showman. Not a joke. Not a joke. <laughs> that was possible to get in. We. That is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not joking. That was, like, actually possible no, that, to that get has in. That to be a joke. Because it got in for song. It was possible to get in okay, maybe for costumes and production design and like... picture. But we've seen Greatest Showman, and we've been forced to sing in choir when we were in school Greatest Showman songs. We fucking hate the Greatest Showman. <laughs> I mean, that, maybe, yeah, maybe we wouldn't hate it as much as if, if it didn't get that much attention that it got. Because it was really, really, really annoying. Yeah, people say that's the best Hugh Jackman movie, and I just die inside every time they say that. <laughs> um, the Big Sick, Kumal Nanjiani, it's a comedy. He got in for original screenplay, so Kumal Nanjiani is Oscar nominated, which is kind of great. Um, Critics' Choice PGA, The Florida Project gets in it. Critics' Choice indie movie, Willem Dafoe. Um, not much to say there. The the disaster artist. Do you remember that movie at all? I do. I do. I yeah. didn't watch it, but I remember there was the controversy. Tommy was uh, this. This came out, and then a couple of months later, James Franco was outed as well, what, like a sex offender or something. He did something bad. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's why he didn't get nominated for best actor, as we'll get into later. He was like supposed to get in, and then he didn't because. People found out, uh-oh, he's naughty. We can't nominate him now. Whoopsies. Um, Wonder Woman got PGA. Wonder Woman. Fucking Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> that can't be right. They See, the, the Producers per- Guild like superhero movies. They nominated Deadpool. They nominated The Dark Knight. They nominated Joker and Black Panther. Like They do like superhero movies more than everyone else. But still a weird pick. <laughs> they need to recount those votes. <laughs> they need to recount the votes. They need to recount. Okay, director Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. Nominated everywhere. Wins everything. Um it's a really well directed movie. Um I do think that it, it was probably his time. He had gotten a screenplay nomination for um, what are you looking at? Sorry, you, you, can, we, you keep going. Okay, okay. I just like what? Yeah, you can. All right, you so keep going. I think. Sorry, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna just start. we're looking at yeah. years at the Game Awards. You've you've been looking at twenty fifteen a lot. So are yeah. we gonna do that? Yeah. Okay, we'll yeah. do that later. All right. So, anyways, there were three people that were nominated everywhere. Guillermo del Toro, Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk, who got in everywhere. He also got in everywhere for Inception, and then it was snubbed. He didn't get in. Because I couldn't tell you why. They just it's like the it's the same thing yeah. that happened with Denis Villeneuve. Yeah. He got in everywhere and then missed. I I think I think it's because the common moviegoer actually knows who they are. And they want to nominate indie people instead. Yeah, I think I think that's what it is, to be honest. Um, and then the third person nominated everywhere was Martin McDonough for three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, but he was snubbed. 
which I mean, okay. I haven't seen the movie. I don't know if it's like a crazy directed movie, so I can't tell if it was like a deserved snub or not. But I guess it sucks for him. <laughs> he got in everywhere too. Jordan Peele for Get Out gets a director nomination. Critics Probably Choice deserved. DGA, which is the Guild. Um, I mean, he has a style, right? And Nope is a very directed movie, also. So, like, I'm not even mad about the nomination at all. Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird, Critics Choice DGA. She was one of the. F- uh, is she like the fifth? sixth woman to be nominated for director and like I haven't seen it so again I can't tell if it was like deserved or not but being one of the few to get in ever and she's gonna win for Barbie that's the hope (laughs) that's the hope oh uh, well no because Dune 2 is coming out that year nope Barbie's gonna Dune 2 man and anyway and then Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom Thread gets nominated nowhere and then gets in at the Oscar. Uh, someone that I think should have gotten in everywhere but fucking didn't was Luca Guadagnino for Call Me By Your Name. It's the directing of the performances, but they don't appreciate it because they want like a Christopher Nolan movie where there's a bunch of fucking airplanes going around and there's like explosions and shit. Or they want like. Yeah, they just, they want that instead, I guess. And then Denis Villeneuve for Blade Runner 2049 got BAFTA. Because the BAFTAs are smart. <laughs> They're not stupid. They have high IQ, big brain. Those British people. British people know what's up, for sure. Um, Steven Spielberg for The Post. Go and go Critics' Choice. It's a boring, gross-looking movie. I'm glad he got in for West Side Story, because that's, like, good. The post is not good. <laughs> it's not good. Actor, Gary Oldman. He played Winston Churchill. What are you going to do about that? In Darkest Hour, right? Yeah. You, you can't do much about that. I mean, it's Gary Oldman, It's too. Gary Oldman. <laughs> yeah. He hadn't won before, also. So it was like, oh, wow, he's playing a famous person, and he's in a fat suit. <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, we he have to... He puts on funny accent. Uh, guys, he acts British in this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's actually British in real life, though. But it's Gary Oldman, too. So it is Gary Oldman. Like yeah. So, yeah, nominated everywhere, won everything. I would have personally preferred Timothy Chalamet in Call Me By Your Name, who was nominated everywhere. But he was in his 20s, and they weren't going to they weren't gonna give yeah, a 20-year-old the yeah. win. That's not okay. Yeah, that's that's not going to happen. And Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out, nominated deserved. He won later for Judas and the Black Messiah, which is fantastic, by the way. Daniel Day-Lewis gets in for Phantom Thread, because it's Daniel Day-Lewis. What are you going to do about that? And then Denzel Washington gets in for Roman J. Israel Esquire, dumb name for a movie, and gets in over James Franco because of the controversy. (laughs) Yeah, but um, Daniel Day-Lewis got Golden Globe Critics' Choice BAFTA, Denzel Washington got Golden Globe SAG. James Franco got everything but the BAFTAs. So he was like, oh, I'm going to get nominated. And then he didn't. Which is like, <laughs> um, probably okay in the end that he didn't. Some outside shots. No joke, Hugh Jackman for The Greatest Showman. <laughs> <laughs> Not for Logan, for The Greatest Showman. 
Also, Logan didn't get director or picture anywhere, which fucking sucks. Because that's like a great movie. But whatever. Superhero. <laughs> Superhero movie, you can't nominate it. And then Tom Hanks for the post. Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> Golden Globe critics. Alright, actress. Actress. Here we go. Here we go. <coughs> Frances McDormand for three billboards. She won for Fargo already. And she deserved it for Fargo. And then she gets into this. And I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know what to tell you. But I think a lot of people were hoping Margot Robbie for I, Tanya, who got everything, because Margot Robbie was great in the movie. Did she get shot? What? <laughs> Did she get <laughs> she shot in no, the she, movie? No, she, she hired... This is based off of like real events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the ice skater lady. Yeah, and then Sir Ronan for Lady Bird was nominated everywhere, and Sally Hawkins, the lead of The Shape of Water, gets in everywhere. Meryl mm-hmm. Streep gets in because it's Meryl Streep for the post. Meryl. Meryl. Shit. Meryl. I shit. would rather see a fish make out <laughs> with a human. Yes, I yeah. agree. Um. Jessica Chastain for Molly's Game was close. Golden Globe Critics' Choice. Also, Frances McDormand won everything. I don't know what to tell you. I got. Um, excuse me. All right, supporting actor Sam Rockwell for Three Billboards won everything. Gotta love Sam Rockwell. Willem Dafoe was nominated everywhere because Willem Dafoe. William Dafoe. William Dafoe. Fun fact. For Antichrist, they had to have a body double replace him for a nude scene because his penis was too big. No way. (laughs) So they needed a guy with a smaller dick to come in. Come. I got him. Anyway, to show up instead because the director thought if he had a giant schlong out, it would be funny. So they got a guy with a smaller PP. That's kind of funny. <laughs> William Defoe has like 12 inches. <laughs> oh my god. No, stop. Stop. Oh my god. Okay. Um. Oh, I can't get that out of my mind now, you <laughs> bastard. <laughs> okay. Um. Grommet mug. Yeah, we have a grommet mug in front of us. Epic grommet mug. Okay, Richard Jenkins. For the Shape of Water. Richard Jenkins is great. We just saw the humans. We both fell asleep. Oh, but we both did. <laughs> we both did. But um, he was good in that movie, too. Like, Richard Jenkins is just good in general. But he doesn't He doesn't get a win because they just don't like him. Then Christopher Plummer for the Ridley Scott movie, All the Money in the World, gets Golden Globe and BAFTA. This was supposed to be Kevin Spacey. <laughs> and they put him in makeup. But they changed it because, guess what? Kevin Spacey was naughty. And they had I to change two it. Two controversies in a year? Yeah. Mm. Mm, interesting. Someone that I wanted to see get in was Army Hammer, who is <laughs> also controversial. God damn it. Um, he got Golden Globe and Critics' Choice for Call Me By Your Name. Uh, Steve Carell for this weird tennis movie called Battle of the Sexes. Got Golden Globe lead and SAG. It's about like a famous male tennis player. It's beat by Emma Stone, who's like a famous tennis player in the movie. 
I guess. Why well, call it the Battle of the Sexes? I, d- I that's so yeah, it's <laughs> weird. Why not just the Battle of the Gender? I don't know. <laughs> Patrick Stewart for Logan got Critics' Choice, which is a goaded pick because he's great in that movie. But Logan wasn't nominated. <laughs> but Logan wasn't nominated. He Patrick Stewart didn't get in, but he should have. All right, here we go. Supporting actress. You ready? No? Okay, that's fine. J- uh, Allison Janney, who is in... Jesus Christ. Who is in Juno. She was in a bunch of comedies before. She does I, Tonya. She plays the mom in the movie. Nominated everywhere, wins everything. The mom from Lady Bird, Laurie Metcalf, nominated everywhere. Octavia oh. Spencer, for Shape of Water, gets everything except SAG. Mary J. Blige... The singer gets in for Mudbound, Golden Globe, Critics' Choice, SAG. <coughs> and then Leslie Manville for Phantom Thread, who's a British person, gets in at the British Academy, and then gets in at the Oscars. Crazy how that worked. Over Hong Chow for Downsizing, which no one knows what that movie is, but I watched this movie, all right? I remember vividly. It's about Matt Damon basically joining this society of people, basically shrinking themselves to, like, save space on Earth because they found the technology to, like, shrink themselves. So, like, he goes, but his wife doesn't in the end, so he's, like, depressed as fuck. Oh, yeah, I remember that movie. So then he meets Hong Chao's character, and he basically finds, like, the poor civilization of the shrunk people and like it's a it's a it's a weird movie but Hong Chao got nominated literally almost everywhere for that movie except for BAFTA. Was it a good movie? No. <laughs> not really cuz the trailers yeah. played it off as a comedy but I didn't laugh once. I remember the So I was like too. what the fuck what is going on? Um and then uh, Holly Hunter, who had won for the piano, was nominated for Big Sick at Critics' Choice and SAG, but missed. All right, screenplay. You excited? I'm Lady excited. Bird? No. <laughs> no. Greta fans are sad. But it's actually Jordan Peele that wins. He won an Oscar for Get Out in screenplay. He wins Critics' Choice in the Writers Guild and is nominated at BAFTA. I haven't watched Get Out, so I kind of can't say anything about that. And it beats the movie that was number two for Best Picture, which was Three Billboards, which won Golden Globe and BAFTA, and was nominated at Critics' Choice. But neither were nominated everywhere. There were two movies nominated everywhere that year. Lady Bird, which got nominated everywhere, and The Shape of Water got nominated. And then the big sick, Kumal Nanjiani. It's like a comedy. It's like when Bridesmaids got in for screenplay. Because they wanted to nominate... Comedy. Yeah, because, like, if, if you're a good comedy, they actually don't hate you. Like, most comedies, they don't like. But, like, Borat, both of them got screenplay nominations. Even Why though it's an improv movie. Why didn't they nominate Grown Ups? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, Bridesmaids, they wanted to nominate... Um, Oh my god, what's her name? Kristen Wiig. That's it. They wanted to nominate Kristen Wiig, right? 
or for, or for the big sick, they wanted to nominate Kumal Nanjiani, right? Like, if comedians make a really good comedic movie, they don't hate you. So, like... Or Melissa McCarthy won for her bridesmaids? No, she was nominated everywhere, though. Which is so won. strange, because that's, like, a comedy, you know? Like, she just plays the fat lady, and then she gets nominated Funny everywhere. Funny fat woman eats food. Eats food. <laughs> Right, the post, because it's a righty movie, Golden Globe Critics' Choice. The only two nominations that movie got was picture and actress. It didn't get director, screenplay, actor, but it gets in over Itania and stuff, which is kind of weird. Uh, adapted screenplay, best fucking choice here. Call me by your name wins. Uh, everything, except it wasn't nominated at Golden Globe, so it couldn't win but nominated <laughs> everywhere else um that's a great win even though there's like barely any dialogue the writing is so good in terms of like the writing of the lack of writing you know what i mean so it's like i it's like drive where like you just kind of assume everything like it, 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 it's, it happens it's, off screen basically no it's, it's really. told on screen yeah. it's just there's not a lot of dialogue it's told through the facial expressions yeah. or the the mannerisms or the music, which didn't get fucking nominated, but we'll get to that. <laughs> it's like it's like there's an entire conversation that you missed, or like, or like they do, like. I guess it's a bit hard to explain. Well, not really. They they do talk to each other. It's just more like there's a close bond that they get just from like being around each other. Yeah, which is what they're focusing on. Yeah. 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 And they don't need to show it off words, but it just seems like there's like something you missed, but like that's not the point. But, okay, maybe. Yeah. yeah, I guess. Yeah. But also how they wrote the ending was like great. Because I'm I haven't read the book. I have the book, but I haven't read it. Um like the ending is Timote is like sitting in front of a a fireplace and then the credits roll and never cuts to black he's crying for like four minutes straight and the music's playing and it's like that's all writing baby and <laughs> that's all writing and also music too but we'll get to that later um molly's game because aaron sorkin he wrote the social network he gets nominated everywhere mudbound the social network was great and then lost to a British movie. <laughs> um, the Disaster Artist. So they'll nominate it in screenplay because it's based off of a book. The guy, not Tommy Wiseau, but the, the, the other guy that acted with him wrote the book, Disaster Artist. And then they made that into the movie. I guess. It's like not a joke. You can look it up. And then Logan gets in. Huh. Logan, let's go. That's a good pick. Um, Wonder. Remember Wonder? I got no. Critics' Choice. No. That's the movie about the the yeah. kid that has the <laughs> Dude, look, facial I deformity. I remember the book. I, I remember the book also. And then Wonder Woman gets a... I can't hear you. <laughs> Wonder... <laughs> I can't hear Paddington 2 got BAFTA. Yo! <laughs> Paddington no. 2. They know what's up, like you said. <laughs> they know what's up. See... Sometimes they make weird decisions, but other times they have a Paddington 2 and screenplay. <laughs> Paddington. Paddington. 
All right. Okay, I gotta watch. Actually, I actually <laughs> gotta watch Paddington and see if it's ironically like <laughs> good or if it's like actually like one of the greatest films of all time. Oh my god. Okay. All right. Now, sorry for like being boring. We're gonna we're gonna speed run through these. Okay. Alexander Desplat, who won for the Grand Budapest Hotel, which we talked about last time, won his second Oscar for The Shape of Water, the Guillermo del Toro movie. Won everything. Dunkirk, because Hans Zimmer gets in everywhere. Phantom Thread, because it's Johnny Greenwood, and he was, I think, the guitarist of Radiohead. I think that's the band he was in. Like, he does a bunch of Paul Thomas Anderson movies. Star Wars, The Last Jedi got in. For music. What? For score. Yeah. That's a weird pick, I, I think. I haven't listened. Cause well, they the, reused music, and that's why they got rid of the reused music for the Oscars after Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, because it's like you have to be 80% new music. Yeah, I don't remember anything. I mean, I remember the new music that they started with Force Awakens, which is poppin', but... That also yeah. got it. Yeah. Yep. Alright, um, then Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri gets Golden Globe. Star Wars got nothing, and then got him. Over Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> <laughs> which got everything except for Golden Globe. So the BAFTAs nominated it. Again, the British know what's up. They know what's up. Like... You like reused music for The Last Jedi, but you don't like it when they reuse Tears in the Rain for Blade Runner 2049. No. You don't like the, the, the wall music that plays when the... Yeah, they don't like that. See, I remember more from the Blade Runner score than I do Dunkirk. But Dunkirk gets in because that's the bigger movie, which is dumb. I don't know why they couldn't just nominate Hans Zimmer for both. Or, you know, for Blade Runner instead, but whatever. Fucking stupid. <laughs> Alright, John Williams for The Post was close. Got Golden Golden Critics' Choice. But he gets in for Star Wars, so he's fine. No joke, he has like over 60 Oscar nominations. <laughs> John Williams has like over oh, 60. Shit. He's the most nominated person at the Oscars ever. How many has he won? <laughs> he's won five. Oh my god. Okay, so he won for adapting Fiddler on the Roof in the 70s. They had two different score categories then. Then he won for Jaws. Then he won for the first Star Wars movie. Then he won for E.T. And then he won for Schindler's List. Those are the five. And like four of those scores I completely get. But I don't know why he won an Oscar for adapting Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> but he was probably nominated for, I assume, like uh, uh, Indiana Jones. The first one, and the second one, and the third one, <laughs> but not the fourth one. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. He was reusing the same score. That's why he okay. got in for the original trilogy Star Wars movies also. Superman also? Superman, yep, yeah. he got in for that. He got in for The Adventures of Tintin, but The Adventures of Tintin didn't get animated movie. Probably because it bombed, right? It bombed, right? I think it bombed. But either way, like... It'll get nominated in score, but not animated film. Because that just shows how much they love John Williams. Right. Well, I mean, he's a great composer. But, like, a lot of his modern-day stuff is boring. It just sounds like stuff he's done before. Because that's 
all people want. It's just not uh, not gonna lie. Like that that's all the like a majority of people just listen to his old stuff. Yeah, I mean, he also did Saving Private Ryan. I don't remember that <laughs> score at all, but he did get in for that. Oh my god, he got in for um, yeah, all of the new Star Wars movies. He got in for the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy, but none for the prequel trilogy of so, Star Wars. Sometimes they look at like atrocious movies and they're like, oh, look at, or they, they look at like the the Matt Damon movie and they're like, look at this one good actor in this movie that's mediocre. But then they see a movie that's bad, but the score is like really good, and they're like, yeah, but the movie's bad, so we can't nominate the score. Is that is that what I'm getting? Like they the are so flip floppy with what they like, think is good versus not good. For example, Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> got four Oscar wins and nominated for Best Picture over First Man, which is Damien Chazelle, and over If Beale Street Could Talk, which is Barry Jenkins, who literally just did Moonlight in one Best Picture. So, like, they're fucking weird. They do whatever they want. They won't nominate The Dark Knight, but they'll nominate Black Panther. <laughs> they'll they'll give Suicide Squad best makeup as a win, but they won't nominate Blade Runner and Score. They won't nominate Suicide Squad. The, the Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad for anything, but they'll give the first Suicide Squad an Oscar for makeup. I mean, just the VFX alone for the Suicide Squad. But, like, the makeup for, like, Polka Dot Man and shit, where he's, like, bulging out of his face. Like, they could have done that over Cruella, where they just put white paint on her. Like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. (laughs) What a joke. Like, what a joke. I'm telling you, the Academy's so weird. They're so weird. Like, they'll nominate, like... They'll nominate Don't Look Up, but they won't nominate the worst person in the world, even though they gave that a screenplay nomination. Like, I'm telling you, the Academy's so dumb. They do whatever the fuck they want. Sometimes it's good, like when Parasite wins, yeah. but other times it's bad, like when Driving Miss Daisy wins. <laughs> when Minari or, or, doesn't win. Or, you know, when Crash wins over <clears throat> Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> um, we should just say when Crash wins in when Crash wins any of its three awards and nominated for, what, nine Oscars? It didn't deserve any of them. <laughs> like, dead ass. What a joke. That fucking Brokeback Mountain lost. What a joke. Okay, I said this was going to be quick, and I went through one category in like ten minutes. Sorry about that. Okay. Cinematography. Roger A. Deakins wins for Blade Runner. Nominated everywhere. Wins everything. Don't, uh, deserve. That is that is one, so deserved. One of the best looking, probably the best in my opinion looking films what, I've ever Easily seen. one of the best. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Shape of Water gets in everywhere. Dunkirk, because it's a fucking war movie, gets in everywhere. Mudbound and Darkest Hour get in. Over Call Me By Your Name, which is stupid. Darkest Hour is a gross looking movie. And Call Me By Your Name looks so so good. Like, the shots of the Italian Riviera alone needed to get in. But no. I guess. I guess not. Uh, I guess not. Alright. Editing. 
Dunkirk wins because war movie. But not Blade Runner. Um, which would okay, actually Blade Runner was nominated everywhere and but didn't, it didn't get win. in. But it <laughs> oh, didn't, didn't even get in. Oh wow. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, see he's leaving. He's pissed. Um Baby Driver, Edgar Wright movie. Honestly, that probably deserved editing too. Oh, absolutely. Right? Just think of an Edgar, Edgar Wright, Wright movie. Yeah. Like that one Critics' Choice and BAFTA, right? But it lost to Dunkirk because it's a fucking war movie. Because <laughs> it's a fucking war movie. The Shape of Water gets in everywhere. It's not like crazy edited, but because it's a Best Picture nominee, it gets in anyways. Three Billboards gets everything except Critics' Choice. And then I, Tanya only got Eddie, which is the editing guild, over Blade Runner, which got everything. <laughs> now, I'm not saying I, Tanya's editing is bad, except I haven't seen the movie, so I can't actually tell you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know what to say, really. Blade Runner not getting editing is stupid. <laughs> it's really, really stupid. <laughs> also, Call Me By Your Name was nominated nowhere. Not a single place was like, oh yeah, we need to give Call Me By Your Name a nomination. No. They need to nominate Dunkirk. Dunkirk. <laughs> because war movie. Um, uh-oh. Alright. And then, okay, Get Out gets Eddie and Lady Bird gets Eddie. They have two different categories, comedy and drama. So they they nominate ten people. But they didn't nominate Call Me By Your Name, the fucker. Anyway, anyway, production design. Shape of Water wins because Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> because Guillermo del Blade Runner gets in everywhere. And was like number two to win, but well, I mean, loses. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen The Shape of Water, but I'm fine with that at least being nominated because the VFX would not look. They used miniatures for the movie, did they not? For twenty forty nine, I think they so. still use miniatures that they used from the original movie. Like, oh, I didn't know they were from the original. I, I think they re they they, they they they. I might be wrong on that, but but I mean that'd be dope as. If they did, yeah, it's just like fuck. imagine the miniatures being that good from over uh, thirty years ago. Well, that's why well, that the original point. nominated it in production design. Also, you see, the second Blade Runner got more nominations than the first one, which is what the kind of deserved. Well, but also, the first Blade Runner needed yeah, a score nomination I, and no. didn't. It needed a sound nomination and it didn't. A lot of people don't like the original cut of Blade Runner. Well, that's why you watch the. Well, I guess oh, yeah, the final cut didn't exist yeah. then. Okay, that's fair. I can re I can respect that. Then. Yeah. All right, Dunkirk gets nominated everywhere because World War Two. Because the final cut didn't come out until like two thousand. Yeah, the final cut didn't come out until the two thousands. It yeah. was a while. Darkest Hour gets in because World War Two. Yeah. And then Beauty and the Beast, the live action, <laughs> gets in no joke everywhere. Even though that's a VFX heavy. Movie. I shipped my pants. <laughs> I shipped my pants. Logan got Contemporary Art Directors Guild and actually won. For production design? Yeah. So think like The House or like... Oh, I get... I do remember a lot. Like production like design, I, I see it more as like set decoration than yeah, anything else. I do, I do remember a, like a lot. Like I... I remember The House where he fights, you know, Clone Logan. That was kind of stupid, but whatever. Well, I mean, I, I remember that house Logan, but yeah. like whatever. I remember that house very much. Like also, but. like 
they also mean like the lab that the kids are being tested at. They oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and they also have like the the big like fire watch tower that the kids are in at the end, or like they also mean because like production design like Mad Max one, but they only built cars for that movie, right? So production design doesn't mean oh the sets. It can mean like the world building in general. So like the beat up old cars or like the military heavy vehicles or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. So like I can honestly respect that the art directors guild gave it a fucking win for that. That's kind of a goaded pick to be honest. Outside shots, Star Wars Last Jedi was possible, but eh. that's all I gotta say is but VFX. Eh. <laughs> but eh. Right, costumes, Phantom Thread. It's a movie about costumes, and it wins. Who could have seen that coming? Um, that's Shape of Water nominated everywhere. Beauty and the Beast nominated everywhere. What's <laughs> up uh, uh, with Disney live action movies being nominated? I don't know. Darkest Hour is literally Men in Suits, but it's fucking <laughs> World War Two, so it gets in anywhere. I'm telling you, it's bullshit. And it gets in over Blade Runner, right? Which has like the cool jackets and shit with the lighting on it. Oh my gosh, the suit that that uh, Ana de Armas wore. Yeah, like or like the, the the transparent. Yeah, like it gets oh, in fuck. over Men in Suits gets in over sci-fi shit. Like I'm telling you, the Academy's dumb. <laughs> the Academy's just straight up dumb. And then Victoria and Abdul, which I have zero clue what that is, but it it has it's like old timey and it's got like a queen in it. So, like, they nominated for costumes, I guess. Other possibilities outside of Blade Runner, Wonder Woman, because World War One, <laughs> Which is... And it actually won... God, every time I hear Wonder Woman, I... You just die. I go insane. <laughs> you just die. Like, was it that good? I no. don't remember it being that good. And then Greatest Showman was possible. Which I find really stupid. Hair and Makeup, Darkest Hour. This is... One of two nominations I don't hate. That and Gary Oldman. It's like, they transformed Gary Oldman into Winston Churchill. And I'm like, yeah, the makeup's good in it. I can respect and Gary that. Oldman. And Gary Oldman's good in it, so I can respect that. Wonder for transforming that kid into a Ugly. deformed kid. <laughs> Ugly. He got in everywhere. And then Victoria and Abdul. I haven't seen the movie. I don't know what makeup is in it, but it has a queen in it. So maybe... They just get in anyways. Um, possible contenders. Blade Runner got BAFTA for makeup. I don't know what makeup's in the movie. Well, the... Blood? Blood does count as makeup. So that's maybe not a bad pick. Maybe because... uh, Yeah, that's the one I kind of can't see. I I don't really see that. But here's one that I 100% agree with. Visual effects. Blade Runner 2049 win. But only won the BAFTA. Again, I'm telling you, the British are smart. <laughs> they, they know what's up. The British know what's up. Alright? Because what was winning everything? War for the Planet of the Apes. Oh. Which won Critics' Choice in the Visual Effects Guild. Oh, I think I remember being told this before. I, I mean, because I'm, I'm... the last time we talked about the Oscars was when the second movie was winning everything and then lost to Interstellar. Like, I, I'm fine. Like, they... They don't. They look great. But they do I think look. Blade Runner still looks far superior. The amount of fucking deep fake shit they did was yeah. insane. 
Like, yeah, you can make monkeys and it looks great, but it, like, I guess it is used for the plot because it follows monkeys, but, like, it, the more interesting shit won. And I think, like, that totally works. And also, the, the, the fucking effects they did for, like, Ana de Armas, like, glitching out and shit, or, like, when they had, like, the backgrounds for the cities and the cars flying around and shit. Like, oh my god, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> like, I know, like, that was partly miniatures, but that's also partly the effects, too. Right? Like, I think that's a billion percent deserved. I think. And then Star Wars Last Jedi gets in. That's actually a fine pick. I can respect that. The crystallized box. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 gets in. Good job. Good so job. This was nominated for Good. one thing. I know. It didn't get screenplay. It didn't get fucking editing. Nope. Nope. Don't don't need that. And then Con Skull Island gets in. For making a monkey. That's ridiculous. <laughs> they made a monkey. Well, see, the last Kong movie, the Peter Jackson one, won VFX. Oh, it did? Yeah. So they just like King Kong. Adrian Brody? Yeah, Adrian <laughs> Brody. Um, what wasn't nominated? Dunkirk. I don't remember any VFX from that movie, but it got nominated everywhere. Oh, it's Christopher Nolan. So. That's true. That's true. Tenet won. That was not a great movie. Like, I like it, but most other people don't. Shape of Water almost got in. Um, Wonder Woman almost got in, which is really funny. Like oh a my gosh. choice. <laughs> This is a joke, right? <laughs> this is not a joke. That guy... Well, that only got Critics' Choice. So it was a bit of a long shot. But also... Yeah. Oh, that looks... This is a great. joke. <laughs> great. VFX. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. Sound editing. The crafting of the sounds. Dunkirk wins, because War Movie. And they make the planes and shit. And the explosions. Blade Runner is, like, number two to win, but doesn't. Oh my god, I still remember the sound in that movie. Dude, the, the, like, the sound design of the guns and shit. Oh <laughs> my god, dude, so good. Baby Driver gets in, because Edgar Wright. It makes sense. <laughs> Shape of Water Edgar gets in, because of the fish creature, and then Star Wars gets in, because lightsabers and <laughs> And then War from the Planet of the Apes is, like, Close to getting in, I guess, but doesn't. Coco almost got in, but didn't. For for sound <laughs> editing, right? Maybe because like the bones, or like, like the 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 dragon lion thing. I don't know. And then Logan almost got in, which is kind of nuts because that like the, the the sheath of the whatever the claws. Sound mixing, yeah. Dunkirk wins. Even though the mixing's pretty poor in that movie, because you can't hear a goddamn thing anyone's saying. Nolan. It's just, the soundtrack is overbearing. The loud movie wins. Who could have seen that coming? <laughs> it's actually the same nominations as sound editing. Dunkirk, Baby Driver, Blade Runner, Shape of Water, and Star Wars. Oh, I mean, that makes sense. No Blade Runner didn't get sound design. I, don't think. I mean, that... I feel like that has a bit of a similar problem. Yeah. The sound is very loud, and sometimes you can't hear what they're saying. 
But at least Denis learned to turn it the fuck down when there's a conversation happening. Christopher Nolan can't do that. Son. <clears throat> Coco wins best song. Remember me. Gets in over Mystery of Love. From Call Me By Your Name. For Call Me By Your Name. Which is one of the best songs ever made, period. And they also didn't nominate Visions of Gideon from... Remember me? Whatever. What a joke. What a fucking Pixar. joke. And then, oh my god, This Is Me from Greatest Showman won Golden Globe. And then got nominated for the Oscar. Remember? This is me. Come out, cause you're right Like, oh my god. I thought you were talking about the high school musical song. No, 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 no. This is real. I'm exactly where I'm supposed this to be. This is now. me. Oh my god, <laughs> stop. I remember the high school musical soundtrack so much. Please help me, God. <laughs> okay, animated film. Coco. Nominated everywhere. Wins everything. What a fucking shot. <laughs> what a joke is right. <laughs> No, I'm just saying, what a shock. Who could oh, have seen oh, that yeah. come? Well, yeah, also, Pixar. what a joke. But Pixar. Like... <laughs> Pixar. Okay. Boss Baby gets Boss, <laughs> baby. Boss baby. Let's go. Ferdinand, that fucking blue sky. John Cena Bowl movie. Um, Loving Vincent is a 2D painting movie. Oh, I hear... Wait. About fucking Vincent Van Gogh. And that doesn't get... Oh, well, that got in. Yeah, and then the breadwinner, which is bread. Oh, what's I think that's from the Middle East. I might be totally fucking that up. I'm sorry. All right, Despicable Me three. Dead ass almost got. (laughs) That's like not even a joke. It got the critics' choice. The critics' choice. The PGA, which makes more sense because they have no taste. And then the Annie's, which is the animated movie and show Guild, nominated it. And they didn't nominate the Lego Batman movie, which got Critics' Choice and PGA. Twice. It doesn't get in. And it's not even nominated everywhere, unlike the Lego movie. It only gets into two places. Like, what about that movie does the Academy not like? Batman. Batman. Well, but, like, they get off. Whatever. What a joke. <laughs> what they a love, fucking... They love Batman. What it's just a Lego part. They, they hate Lego for some godforsaken reason. Um, now, something else. Normally, they would love... Pixar enough to nominate Cars 3, but that only got in at the Animated Guild. Oh shit, that came out in 2017. Yeah, that came out before Coco. It feels like yesterday it came out. Here, no, okay, okay. Here. So that's it. That's all it is. But we need to talk about Cars, okay? Cars 1, nominated everywhere, literally wins almost everything, but loses to Surf's Up. No, no, that's not true. It lost to Happy Feet, the other penguin. 
But that's that's Miller. That is Lord Lord Miller. <laughs> Not Lord Miller. George Miller. Yeah, I, I was having a brain fart. There's so many Millers that I... <laughs> There's a lot of Millers out there. Yeah. Okay. Then Cars 2. Literally almost got nominated. Fucking Cars 2. <laughs> That's not a joke. That almost got in. Sorry. <laughs> that got Golden Globe, PGA, and the Annie. The fucking guild. For the... Are you saying those three are a joke? So, here's the thing. They nominated him, but, but they didn't give him the wins. The wins at the Annie and at the BAFTA in 2011 for Cars 2 was Rango, which is fucking deserving. <laughs> and then Rango was nominated everywhere, but didn't win Golden Globe or PGA. That won Critics' Choice Annie and BAFTA. That's like one of my favorite movies of all time, period. So I'm happy with it, but I know you don't like the movie as much. Oh, Rango? I no, I I love Rango. I just don't love it like passionately. I do. Yeah. But, yeah, I love Rango. Rango is I I watched that should have gotten a score times. nomination because Hans Zimmer's a fucking beast of a human being. He is. He is Rango. <laughs> anyway, then so yeah, it's it like steadily declined basically. Cars one almost wins and then doesn't. Cars two nominated almost everywhere but doesn't get in. And Cars three is like nominated almost no. So it just, like, declined in terms of nominations for that series. Until Cars 4, and then it wins everything. Oh, stop. <laughs> stop it. So anyway, I was hoping that'd take 20 minutes around last time, but that took an hour, so I'm oh, very sorry minutes. about that. I'm uh, very sorry about that. All right, you pick... So we're, we're going to go into another award ceremony. Sorry, folks. Uh, the Game Awards 2015. You picked this out. I want to see your reasoning. Um, well, I picked this out, obviously, because, you know, the we're the year of the Wild Hunt, the greatest game of all time. The Witcher 3. So many people. I mean, it's a good game. It's just like... Also, like, this uh, was when they were they nominated five instead of six. Yeah. Which is dumb. They should nominate ten, well, like, like the Oscars do, but whatever. You I have guess. To, yeah. You have to look at their competition. Super Mario Maker, people love that game, right? People love yeah. Metal Gear Solid 5. Yep. Fallout 4. I love Fallout 4. It's not my favorite Fallout game. Yeah. And then Bloodborne. Bloodborne, which is like considered one of the best games ever. One of period. the best games ever, period. And then The Witcher 3, which like people like, I, I, like love. Insane. Everyone and their mother loves it. But the, the thing I want to go over in Game of the Year is because I realized wait, I can't. Yeah. No, that no, came out. Yeah, that came out 2013. Yeah, then I really have nothing to talk about. I oh. just realized. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. So he was looking at a list of games that came yeah. out in 2015. He was looking at a port of GTA <laughs> 5. port of GTA 5. And he thought like, Wait. it was the year that GTA 5 came out. Which is 2013. 2013, 2013. yeah. Which is, um, um, well, I don't know why LEGO Jurassic World didn't win. I just <laughs> want to look at the mobile games, because I did, um, I, I don't know why Lara Croft Go won for best mobile game. I think Fallout Shelter should have won. Fallout Shelter. Yeah, but like, they're both money hungry and gross. But but like, have you played Fallout Shelter? I have played Fallout. Shelter. Fallout Shelter is goaded. You can have you can force people to make. Fucked, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but and okay. this is the year Ori came out. Ori in the Blind Forest. Which sort of won? That's which, like I I I know you like The Witcher. No, I played. Th- Three of these games, and I would agree that that Ori should have Ori at least been nominated. Should have been nominated. I mean, I would probably. I, I would have picked it for the win, but like it wasn't even nominated. So 
I, I'd play Fallout 4 out of all of these any day, but, yeah. I'd if Ori was there, would you have picked Ori? Uh, I probably still would have picked Fallout 4, but, oh. yeah, so, Ori I would have been at least second. So, okay, art direction, Ori in the Blind Forest wins, because no shit. Because no shit. But, like, fucking Undertale wasn't even nominated. For, what, art direction? Or For film, anything or game of general, the year. Like, game of the year. Yeah, that was a big game. And that or like it didn't win got independent it. game. It, it's still oh yeah, Rocket League won independent. Game. I don't know why. Over I... Ori and Undertale. That's funny. That's <laughs> really funny. This this one's up for a debate. Games for Impact, Undertale, or Life is Strange. Life is Strange like defined the uh, choices, the interactive yeah, story. Yeah, formula. yeah, 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 yeah. But then Undertale has like it's the better game. <laughs> Undertale's well, well, the, the better like, game. The better game, but like it it has the it inspired like. Five bajillion clones. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was reaching for the mic. No, no. Not my mic. Okay. So this was before they had director. Uh, oh, fuck. The mouse is on. Okay. So this was before they had director. Um, so you can't... Like, this was the second year of the Game Awards. So if you were trying to predict it, you are basically just going off of, oh, what's the biggest game here? Which would have been Fallout 4. And then that didn't. No, so, <laughs> I would say it would have been The Witcher 3 to be honest. Like, well, uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So, for me personally, like, this isn't the biggest game of the year. No. Like, no. or in terms of, like, what's most interesting to me personally. I Like, action-adventure game, Metal Gear Solid Five wins over Batman and Ori. Um, I guess it is more of an action-adventure game than some of the others. But, like, Rise of the Tomb Raider, I hear is great. Ori is great. I enjoy Batman Arkham Knight a lot. I don't know why Assassin's Creed Syndicate, too. That's a stupid pick. Yeah. Witcher 3 wins RPG. There's, uh, here's a hot take. That coming. The Witcher 3 is not an RPG. It's an action-adventure game. But because it's made by a studio that does RPGs, it's forced into that category. No, no they, they, they. Well, because like that's what they did with Final Fantasy VII remake. Oh, yeah. It's from a studio that does RPGs, even though Final Fantasy VII remake very, isn't an RPG. It gets I'd, into RPG and wins. Very, very light RPG mechanics. Like I would say, The Witcher Three has some light. I mean, it's still it's deeper, but like. I consider RPG like actual role playing. I mean, sure, you can have different builds in The Witcher. 3 See, they don't RPGs. understand what the hell the difference is. Right? Like Bloodborne for a role playing game makes sense. Well, I mean, even Fallout, Fallout 4, 4 makes. Really. I mean, well, because like, because they think character customization equals fucking role playing. Yeah. As no stats. Stats, you're right. Stats equals. You're RPG. right. Yeah, stats equals RPG. And but then like, Undertale, yeah. like, ooh, no duh, like, no duh. Fighting game, Mortal Kombat X, because no shit. <laughs> because it's still the highest selling NetherRealm Studios game. Ten? Yeah. Uh, family game, Super Mario, Mario Maker. <laughs> like a Skylander Supercharger. <laughs> the best game here. Yeah, see, they didn't... Okay, here we go. Let's go through performance, okay? Someone in... Her story, which is like a live-action interactive game, wins. Um, Ashley Birch from Life is Strange 
is nominated. The dude from <laughs> The Witcher 3 that played Geralt gets in. Mark Hamill's the Joker. Like, yeah, he's good in the game, but I wouldn't have nominated him. That's <laughs> fucking, that's weird. And then the lady that played Lara Croft. In- <laughs> what? Oh my god. Okay, sorry, sorry. That, uh, for Rise of the Tomb Raider gets in. And then score slash soundtrack. Metal Gear Solid 5. Over Ori, which is fucking stupid. <laughs> Ori has the best soundtrack of this year. For, like from because we listened to samples, yeah. I remember, and this just stood out to me the most. And then Halo Five gets in. <laughs> I only remember one small portion of One Piece from the Halo Five music. Does Fallout Four deserve it? Fallout? It deserves it for the soundtrack, so, not for the score. The thing about Ion Zur, the composer of Fallout Four, I think he's a lot like. In fact, actually, I'll even give Jeremy Soule, the uh, composer for. I'll just say Bethesda. Bethesda games are like Nolan movies and the fact that the music is so fucking loud, you can't hear people talk. Sound mixing Like, issue. sure, the music is good, but, like, I should not have to go into the settings, settings and turn the music down. I want to hear the music, but it, it's insane. So, okay. Um, no game won more than two. Her story won narrative. Uh, actress. Back when it was balance. <laughs> balance. Well, Witcher 3 got 6. That's kind of nuts. Like, Metal Gear Solid 5 won score and action adventure. Rocket League won indie. And, uh, oh shit, what else did it win? Uh, oh, sports and racing. Okay. And then Splatoon got shooter. Like, best yeah, shooter. <laughs> like, here, here's the thing. This is what I want to mainly talk about this year is basically the year of the Wild Hunt because... And the same as The Last of Us Part 2, but, like, sure, they're great games, but I think The Witcher 3, like, had, like, so won so many awards that year compared to everything before it. Yeah. So, it's like, and then The Last of Us Part 2 eventually beat it, and it's like, I don't like it how there's this huge margin, like, you can go from, like, 200 to, like, 350. I just don't think that's right. In terms... Wait, what do you mean by that? Like, so, like... I don't remember how Didn't much this win, exactly. like, 250 or yeah, something? It was, yeah. like, 250, and then, like, you look also, at the other games, it's and it very like 200. vague in terms of game of the year wins. That can mean technical yeah. shit. That can mean, like, some random-ass website from the fucking deep web gives it best game, and they'll count it as a stat, right? Like, it's very vague in terms of game of the year yeah, wins. I, I just don't like that 250 mark, and then at the time, how, like, some games, like, barely were even reaching 100. And then this just, like, shot. And then, like, yeah, you look at Hotline Miami. I fucking love Hotline <laughs> Miami, but it, I, I'm pretty sure it only won, like, six game awards. Damn. Like, it's... Indie... It, I don't think it got anything here. No, it came out in 2012. Oh, okay. Because, okay, okay. yeah, like, Sony especially just constantly wins. Like, especially in the 2010s, they had so many fucking, like, games that were number one for Game of the Year, like, constantly, right? God of War over Red Dead 2, Death Stranding over Sekiro, it was uh, Uncharted 4 over Overwatch, 
even though at the Game Awards it was <laughs> Overwatch, they had Last of Us over GTA Five, even though at the Spike Awards, which uh, Jeff Keighley hosted, it was um, uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. Like they in Journey, which is exclusive to Sony and was an indie game, won more Game Awards that year than everything else in 2012. Like, they just keep getting in and just top the lists. And I can't explain why. It's either, <laughs> I can't explain well, I mean, why. There's two sides. It's either they just really make they make really good games or they're, they publish people who just know how to make games. Or, or, you know what? They have good management. I'll just put it at that. Or, their companies, um, journalists are just biased. Well, they're. I mean, that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there are some wins that I would certainly agree. I'm sure Journey absolutely agrees. Journey was a two-hour game that made me cry. That's like not even a joke. It was for free when like COVID started, and they had like two free games a month or whatever that anyone can just download. Are you saying you wouldn't want to? Go through Red Dead Redemption two again. Sixty hours to see <laughs> Arthur Morgan die, and you just ball your eyes out. Is well, I didn't even you? cry because I knew he died. Yeah, but I, I didn't know cry. what the hell happened in Journey. I still don't know what the fuck happened in Journey. <laughs> but the experience was so like moving. It just it came out. You know, it just happened. You know. You're telling me the game doesn't have to tell you what's going on. The, you mean to tell me indie games can be good? <laughs> you tell me indie games can be good. They <laughs> can be good. For me personally, the more interesting year in terms of game awards is uh, probably. This might sound kind of fucked, but The Last of Us Two, sweet. No, it is. Yeah. It it it's interesting because, and this actually builds off the 2015 year really well because it's like, oh, Witcher Three had the most quote unquote game of the year wins. But, like, like, and it was just up there by such a huge margin. And then Last of Us Part Two randomly pulls out of its ass 350? Like, how the fuck did that happen? Oh, I'm just fucking with oh, Okay. Yeah, it's like, I didn't know, like, I, I still don't know where all of those came from. I can't explain to you where the hell all of those came yeah, from. Yeah, because, like, all the, all the sites <laughs> I saw... Were like were, were like Hades, or like even Ghost of Tsushima won like eighty. So I'm like, yeah. are there just more this year? Because when it takes two, one eighty, there was just less game of the year winners. Like period. It seemed like people came out of fucking nowhere to give Last of Us two wins so to that- like boost it. Do you think that number is like actually like pulled out of people's? I ass? genuinely think that number is pulled out of people's asses. That is so debatable. How much? Like, because you can just say on Twitter, "Oh, it won our personal game of the year award," and they'd count it, right? Like, they will pull a number out of their ass. Also, IMDb I doesn't they, include everyone's. I know, but like, you think like that's still a lot. These are usually like the bigger ones. Yeah. And it barely breaks a hundred, so I'm like, Yeah, so like I, I yeah. genuinely can't tell you. 
where they came from. Like, at all. So, okay. Yeah. I want to take Look at that. DICE has an animation award, like the Game Awards should. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah. It swept. It's the biggest sweep in Game Awards history. Game of the Year. Probably director will be for a long time. For a long time. Game of the Year. Director. Narrative. Audio design. Best performance. Best... Uh, innovation in accessibility, best uh, action adventure game. It wins seven, and it is the biggest sweep ever. It's the most nominated game ever at eleven. Like, yikes! <laughs> That's a lot. Um, so okay, we were dunking on this movie a lot. I even like enjoyed the game, but just in terms of what else was here. There were so many other things I would have preferred. But now two years have passed, and I honestly can at least somewhat accept the win, you know? Well, that and just, like, I've moved on, but, yeah. like... It's mostly like, yeah, you know, one game of the year, what the fuck are you going to do now? It's like... Besides just say, oh, look. It won. Hades is a superior game. Than I would actually... Last of Us Part two. Hades, Ghost of Tsushima... Seven remake were all better games, but honestly, it's it's like what each award means, like best game direction, like yeah, it's I mean honestly it should not have won that. I when I think of direction, I think of like, but it's it's like not just the game itself, but like how the game is directed behind the scenes. Yes, and the Naughty Dog is notorious for awful crunch. So to award that is kind of it's like uncomfortable. Like half like, like at least from like what I like, hear, like, like apparently yeah, the Valve yeah, employees half, are like happy as fuck. Yeah, Half Life Alex basically redefined VR games or Hades, like was for like one of the most popular roguelikes ever, and then you have the games like Ghost of Tsushima, which is maybe not extremely innovative but yeah. it's just good at what it is and gets in and that's the same thing with final fantasy 7 remake i think honestly i mean in terms of like the direction in the game itself last of us part 2 is not even like awful it's actually like pretty good in terms of like direction like the narrative is debatable still but in terms of like how the game is able to pull in and out of action scenes. Yeah, on a technical how... level, I would consider The Last of Us Part Two a masterpiece. But oh, because no. the narrative drags so much down for me, I, I can't consider it a masterpiece. Like And, okay, okay, but... we, gotta, we gotta specify this, alright? Twitter, Twitter, listen, listen. We don't hate the game because there were two girls that kissed once. That's not why. We don't like the game. Alright? In fact, Hades of course. has a bunch of gay shit in it, and it's amazing. Alright? But here's the thing. Of course, here's... I did think it was kind of cringe that they were smoking weed, but... Well, I mean, they were... They're, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're like, teenagers. Yeah, they're teenagers, like, so it makes sense. I, I thought it was kind of like, eh, okay. Right, like, I d that's not why we don't like the narrative. Yeah, not... not Alright? It's not because there were gay people in it, okay? We don't it's like because it because... It's drama? Well, that and also it's poorly paced and it's too There's long. There's no structure. <laughs> and the 
the dialogue is cringe. so I, I heard this pitch um if they went back and just just by restructuring it what if they put like what if they made it so you played it's abby first and then you went to go kill this mysterious person who killed your father and it's revealed it's joel and then you killed joel and then you go play as ellie tracking down abby you don't know the crimes abby did until you know you build up her character then she does it so you already grew attached to abby imagine <laughs> you know what i mean instead yeah. of doing it after you already know her crimes but yet again the game i know it's not it's about forgiving it's about forgiveness and you have to forgive abby for killing joel and ellie has to but forgive like you, herself i think you still could have gotten that point at the end yeah i guess i know if if you just I, switched it around and listen listen in terms of okay game of the year i can like accept I don't like Animal Crossing New Horizons that much. I can understand it winning more than Last of Us Part Two because it was just a bigger game, and it was more inclusive. I and right, uh, yeah. Honestly, out of all those, Animal Crossing should have won. Eh. Uh, like I don't like Animal Crossing, but like you have to admit, cultural ed- like, the impact that yeah. it had was absolutely insane. Like, it literally came out of nowhere. Well, I, I did see, like, on one of these that the, they also nominated another what? Animal Crossing for him. Yeah, there was another. So, was yeah, like I a, mean, I, I mean, game direction, I'm actually not, like, mad at. Like, it winning audio design is, like, great, right? Best performance. Abby, the performance of Abby is really good. So I'm completely fine with that. It literally allowed blind people to play the game. So like innovation and accessibility is an absolute oh my god, that's an amazingly deserved win. I don't know, Grounded had the arachnophobia mode where it turned all the giant spiders into blobs. (laughs) (laughs) Ew, why did Watch Dogs Legion get Okay, never mind. And, like, best action-adventure game, this one's debatable, too, to be honest. Because, yeah, (laughs) Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. That was my favorite game of the previous year. Yeah, and then Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Like, oh, my God. Ghosts of Tsushima. Oh, my God. Tsushima was the first game in a long time where I actually wanted to explore. explore. It It fit the adventure game narrative more than Last of Us did. Yeah. So, yeah. I just wanted to bring it up. I'm kind of just blabbering on by this point. Um, is that all we got to talk about? Yeah, for Game Awards. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Sorry about the awards. Spent <laughs> a lot of time on it. Um, next up, we're going to do some movie reviews. Um, oh, shit. Because... Uh, we're recording this almost immediately after the last episode. I have not finished Miss Marvel, so the next time we do that, I'll probably talk about that. Um, so, first things first. Uh, should we talk about Gray Man, or should we talk about Nope? We can talk about Nope. Okay, 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 okay. So, Nope had an amazing first two-thirds, alright? It had some of the most disturbing scenes in a movie in a very long Jordan Peele moment. But the third act is so boring 
that it drags the movie down immensely. So, okay, I'm going to spoil the movie, but by the time this releases, it'll have been out for like a week or so. But spoilers anyway. So, in the trailers, they show off the designs for the aliens, right? They're like pale, gross, black eyes. But you find out it was to jabate you the whole time. Because Steven Yoon's character basically creates those aliens. What the fuck? Not like actual aliens, but like they create the, that design to like attract people to his like rodeo or whatever. But the UFO that you see is the alien. I have never seen this before. Wow, that's in actually... any alien anything ever. The UFO is the alien. It eats from the bottom, and it sucks shit up. It has breathing ways that are, like, the size of a person. It can, like, move slow or fast at will. The UFO is the alien. And that is so fucking amazingly creative. And... I was so excited to see what the hell they would do with it, right? There's a scene where, again, spoilers, it sucks up everyone at the rodeo. So, like, Steven Yoon's character and everyone in there just gets sucked up. And you hear the screams, and it's so disturbing, right? And it basically, like, consumes these people. And it goes over to uh, Daniel Kaluuya's house, and it, like hovers over there, and it drops, like, mil like thousands of pounds of, like, blood, and, like, it stains the house, and it's, like, one of the most disturbing and, like, creative scenes I've seen in a movie in a really long time, right? So third act, they come up with a way to kill it, right? And it becomes an action movie, and it got so fucking boring. <laughs> you, you look like you're about to say well, yeah, they kind of stole that from War of the Worlds because Steven Spielberg is like the giant tripods. They also do the thing. They suck people up and they spew out all yeah, the organs. Yeah, but like there's aliens the sort of like controlling yeah, the, like, the in, tripods, but yeah. the UFO is yeah. the alien, yeah. <laughs> which is, I've never seen that before. Yeah. Maybe it's in like some fucking obscure sci-fi thing I've never heard of before. But, right... It basically exposes itself, the UFO, so it, like, shapeshifts into this, like, giant creature, but it looks like it's made out of, like, fabric, so it looks like a blanket monster. Oh. Okay. And it really loses its scariness, and it's it, it just gets really boring. <laughs> it gets really boring. So, like, like again, first two-thirds, so good. Third act kind of tanks it, right? I mean, the, the people do a bunch of stupid shit to prolong the movie. There's, there's, like, a bunch of random shit that happens that wasn't set up, and then they show up, and it's, like, another forced conflict. And it's just, like, really boring. But, I mean... And the way they kill it is stupid. It doesn't, like, 
the, the, the UFO alien doesn't like shit that clogs up its, like, airways. So it, like, sucked up a flag, and it, like, messed up its breathing or whatever. So the the sister character sends, like, a giant, like, inflatable balloon into the transformed blanket monster, and it, like, eats it, and then it explodes. And it's like, that's the ending. What the fuck? <laughs> what the Not fuck? two. This time it's personal. Okay. Like, no nope. joke, the scariest shit in the movie has nothing to do with the aliens. Not a thing. So, Steven Yoon's character, he was an actor yeah. in the movie. And he was a part of a sitcom with a monkey. And in this episode of this show, the monkey, it was like the monkey's birthday or whatever, and they had balloons on the set, and a balloon popped, and the monkey fucking lost its shit, and it murdered, like, a bunch of people, and you see it, and it is violent as fuck. I want to pet monkey. It's so <laughs> disturbing. You, like, you hear the sounds and the screams, and it's like, it shooketh me. I was shooketh. <laughs> it was so fucked. It's Stephen Yoon lived. Right? St- Steven Yoon lived that encounter, but then got sucked up by the alien and died. Yeah. <laughs> no joke, he was in the movie for like four, five scenes. But he's he like was barely in. He was good. really good. He has a monologue about what happened on that sitcom set that's like top tier shit, dude. I'm telling you, Steven Yoon's the goat. <laughs> he's the goat. I yeah. He's the goat. I'm telling you. But um, yeah, like. The monkey didn't kill Steven Yoon's character because it had a bond with him because, oh, or whatever. So, like, the monkey finds Steven Yoon hiding under, like, a table. It's so, like the monkey comes up to it and it, it's, like, really creepy. And he, like, the monkey reaches out to do, like, a fist bump or whatever. And Steven Yoon, who's, like a, like, a child at this point, reaches out. Then the monkey gets fucking sniped and murdered by police. And that was graphic as fuck like the like the monkey shit was more disturbing than the aliens monkey <laughs> monkey Wait, the, the monkey had something to do with the aliens ah uh, no no it was just more of traumatic trauma so isn't the, that jordan peele in general? the, the movie trauma. sort of tries to tackle the theme of like we are not the predator like we like we can't tame predators like, we've been trying for centuries to be better, but in the end, the way of nature will sort of, like, overcome human efforts. And, like, it shows that with the monkey, sort of how we tried to tame this monkey for our entertainment, and then it went ape shit and murdered a bunch of people. And the alien, it's like, it's consuming dozens of people, and it, like, is claiming it as its territory. So, like, that's really the only major, like, theme in the movie that I could see. Jordan Peele has a lot of layers to his movies, so I'll probably look up, like, a 20-minute analysis on YouTube or something. It's true. And it'll get into, like, the deep politics of something. Greek that, gods. Yeah, Greek gods, and I won't understand anything. <laughs> 
but then I'll watch it and then say I knew it the whole time later. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> See, knew I knew this was a representation of Zeus. <laughs> and, yeah, I'll just come off as smart and I will look cool. Um, but they probably stole that idea from another person. Yeah, it's just a cycle of stealing. from multiple people. <laughs> Who stole it from a critic, who stole it from another critic, who stole it from some grandma who wrote it in an article. And that grandma it. just happened to be smart as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> this happened to be and smart And that just happened fuck. to come from a teenager who was just making up random bullshit. <laughs> True. See, it's not as deep as Get Out, because Get Out had more like social commentary. And I haven't seen the movie Us, so like, I'm not sure if... Like, I'm, I'm assuming social commentary. It's Jordan Peele. Yeah. But like, Nope is fun and it has a great score. It's great. It's really well shot. Steven Yoon and Kiki Homer are great. Seven and a half out of ten. That's Nope. Alright. Now we both saw the new Russo Bros movie. I consider Ryan Gosling movie, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been talking for so you 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 start with <laughs> the, the gray man, the snore man, as I call it, <laughs> oh. the letterbox. Oh, so I was excited for this movie. I didn't watch any Russo brothers after their departure with Marvel, but They've I have only not... made one movie. With Cherry and with... no, it was just Cherry. And what was the? It wasn't there one with Chris Hemsworth. No. Oh, okay. I thought it was. I thought they made one of. No, oh, yeah. that's that's oh, that's Extraction on Netflix. Did they produce that then? They they produce a yeah. lot more than. Okay. This yeah, um that they have not had the best track record with their other that, Well, didn't that, they do community? Some They did community. do community. They did the best episodes of community. So like they're good. You just yeah, they're they can be good basically. They, yeah, they're they're either really they, they did the best episodes of community, my personal favorite episodes, but and then they did four yeah, I pretty don't, solid Marvel movies. I honestly don't know where they went wrong. And I hear her cherry was like also bad. It's yeah. like I seriously don't know what the fuck happened. Because like I don't have Apple, you so don't? I can't watch, or like an Apple product, so I can't watch Cherry. But I did see this, and it is the biggest step down in quality. Do you think? Uh, do you think their ego got to them? Uh yes. Yeah. See, probably. the movie costs two hundred million dollars. And it does yes, not it does. No, look no. like two hundred million dollars. Ryan Gosling took up a hundred million. Of that, <laughs> to be honest, yeah. Though I, I was, I wasn't expecting a literally me character again. Sure. But um, that was that the only reason you wanted to watch. This? I, I, I was, I was watching me. it to finish my Ryan Gosling marathon, mm-hmm. or my Ryan so Gosling. So he's watching. doing that separately. I'm not joining him in that. Yeah, that that's just a me thing. So I, I wanted to finish it before the Gray Man, but I. There's a lot of movies with them. So. Yeah, and a lot of them aren't available on streaming. I watched Song to Song on... That's Terrence Malick. Dude, Terrence Malick, yeah. I heard, heard, does a lot of great shit. Yeah. He did The Thin Red Line, The Tree of Life, A Hidden Life. Like, Ma- he does a bunch of, like, experimental nature shit, and then he did this movie, and maybe, I have no maybe, idea about. Maybe I'll talk about it later, if you don't Song mind. to Song? Song to song. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. That, that's but, yeah, um, I'll just talk over the gray man here. The gray man. Um, so, I... I have a... John Wick started the, the non-action... Or maybe Mad Max Fury Road started the 
nonstop action trend. And then I think John Wick sort of made that very popular. Mm-hmm. Well, and I this know. movie, I consider it a nonstop action movie. But what you don't do in an action movie is cover up the action with your shitty cinematography and, and smoke. Oh my god, the smoke of the... Oh my <laughs> fucking god, dude. Okay? Sm- I could did not know what the fuck was happening in any action scene. The only scene... The airplane scene drove me nuts. Oh, dude. Oh my god. The first fight where they're in... Taiwan? No. Thailand. Sing- yeah. They, no, they were... Singapore? Yeah, they somewhere. went... There was a fight, alright? And it wasn't... It, it was when they were in a back alley somewhere. And there was like a bunch of lights and there was like fireworks going yeah. off. It. That was the most frustrating scene in the movie for me. Yeah. And that was right at the beginning. So I, I was not I happy. thought the most frustrating for me was the airplane... Because I well, also this, the plane looked bad. Yeah, it was, it was CG awesome plane, two hundred million dollars, and it looks like shit. Like what the fuck? <laughs> That's uh, not acceptable. Okay, and I'm gonna talk about Anna de Armas too. I know I'm going. Oh no, I'm gonna keep talking about the action. So I thought the action was bad, but then it got really fucking bad at the end. Like I could not. Okay. Because if, like, if also if you're gonna make a nonstop action movie. Make the action interesting. Here's what like, I'm going to say. Machine guns is not interesting. That's true. So, okay. There is one fight scene that I probably would have come up with. It's the fight when he goes to Alfre Woodard's house and Chris Hemsworth sends a team to blow it up. They're in the apartment. Chris, uh... Chris Evans. Evans, yeah. There's yeah, a lot of Chris's, yeah. sorry. Oh, yeah. And he is with Ana de Armas, and Ana de Armas gets the red car, and uh, Ryan Gosling is handcuffed to the bench, and then, like, the teams show up, and the police are fighting him, and he breaks free, and then he gets into the car, and then it hops into a train. Like, that sequence would be something I would have come up with. The train wasn't that bad. I, that's my favorite action scene in the because it's something I would have come up with. Yeah, yeah. I have a similar scene for an action movie that I'll probably never be able to make. But basically, it would start off in an apartment complex, and a helicopter would come in and start like gunning it down and bombing the shit up to this apartment complex. And by the way, this would all be one take. I don't know how the fuck <laughs> I would achieve this, right? So the main character would have to hop onto a moving semi, all right, and it would go to a freeway. But there's like a bridge over the freeway, and he like lassos himself onto the bridge, and basically the helicopter like blows up the bridge. But there'd be like a cool like spinny shot where he like latches on, and it would follow him going up onto the bridge. And then when the helicopter comes, it'd be like a reverse shot sort of where he would lasso himself back down. But basically, then it would be a freeway fight. Where he's hopping from vehicle to vehicle, but he's like on, he's himself, right? He's not in a vehicle. So he's hopping from vehicle to vehicle, trying to survive bombing of a helicopter. <laughs> so all these people are getting blown up innocently. <laughs> yeah, basically. And he would end up on another semi, and because I'm basically proto Michael Bay, <laughs> would fucking flip over it. That's true. And then. Michael Bay. <laughs> Michael Bay. The helicopter would come down and 
basically the the men of the helicopter start searching the freeway and he stows himself on and they can't find the body so the army people hop back onto the helicopter again all one take the helicopter goes up into the air and then it becomes a fight scene where he would have like like a garret but it would have like a yo-yo at the end or something so he's like whipping it around it's like the fanny pack fight from everything everywhere all at once he's like whipping it into people and he's like wrapping it around their legs and like flipping them and shit and basically yo-yo yeah it's like a yo-yo basically and uh he would end up getting into the pilot seat and he's got like someone choking him out but he's also trying to get the pilot to like stop the vehicle so it's like going up and down and he's like still got the yo-yo whipping it around and shit and at some point the helicopter would crash and then he would basically murder the rest of the people on the helicopter and he would walk out onto the freeway hijack someone's car and drive off and that'd be the Again, you Frodo cracked, Michael. <laughs> you cracked out when you wrote that. Jesus. <laughs> no, I just came up with it on the spot. No joke. I was like, oh, I want this action scene for this dystopian movie. And Oh, for your vector? My vector adaptation. Oh, uh, is it actually? Yes. That's like <laughs> not even it. a fucking joke. I knew it. Uh, as soon as you said dystopian, and I'm like, wait. Lots of parkour. It sounds like Vector, to be honest. It's literally an adaptation of the mobile game Vector. <laughs> That's badass, though. I know. That like, is. it's literally Michael Bay, and I shit on Michael Bay, but it's literally what he would do. But, I mean, back to the Gray Man. It's sort of that escalation, right? It starts off in this one place, but it goes into batshit insaneness. So it starts off in an apartment, then it's in a park square, and then it's on a moving train, there's cars and giant machine guns. Like, the escalation of it, like, it starts small and it grows into something, like, way bigger than it should have been. I like that kind of stuff. Because, like, John Wick does that, too. Like, he goes up to kill one person, and then it's, like, a group of, like, 30, and they're in a knife, like, display or whatever. So they use knives and, like, throwing shit to murder each other. Like, I love that stuff. Yeah. So, that's why that's probably my favorite fight scene in the movie. Is the escalation of it. And because, like, they also have the drone shots, where they're, like, going... Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> drone shots are not good shots. Don't use drones in action movies. I mean, Michael Bay does it. Yeah, and, so... <laughs> well, because, like, I heard it was actually well... well Used well in ambulance. Oh, okay. It's acceptable. I so, seen like, I actually heard ambulance is, like, really good. Like, even people that fucking hate Michael Bay like the ambulance. But the trailers are awful. I know! It's, it's like, the same thing as, like, Guardians of the Galaxy game. It looked awful, and then it was great. So I don't know what to it's tell true. you. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. So, about the Gray Man, there's one thing, because I kind of zoned out at the end. Like, I... I wasn't on my phone. My phone was far away from me. Mm-hmm. It just was charging. And I just zoned out. Like, I was mm-hmm. not paying attention because the last 40 minutes of the movie is boring as fuck. Is, was, I could not stay awake. And I zoned Did you watch out. Was this at night? Or? No, I watched this midday. I wasn't falling asleep. Oh, okay. I was just like, 
just, I, just I literally shut my brain anymore. off. <laughs> couldn't well, compute. Like, I, my brain was shut off so much that... So, wait, do you not know like, what happened? No, I do know what happened, because Ana de Armas took the bazooka and, like, blew up a bunch, blew of, up a bunch yeah. of shit. But the thing that really confused me was there was the there was the guy, right, the the different colored guy. I don't remember what race he was. Mm-hmm. But he was, yeah, he was he yeah. was fighting Ana de Armas, and then at the end he's like, I'm gonna let you live because these guys aren't honorable. Oh, that was so dumb. I audibly oh. laughed. I'm like, did I miss something? Because he just said, like, this is their best guy, and he's like, these guys aren't honorable. I'm like, what? 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 <laughs> no joke, Chris Evans can't act to save his life. He's so funny. Listen, sure, he's charismatic, and he can make a bad line, like, funny, but, like, he can't act outside of charisma. <laughs> right? When he's angry, he just says, boring! And I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> you have got Chris, to be Chris fucking Evans kidding was me. ironically the best part of him. You know what? I might agree with that. I might agree with that. Bad I got shot with in the ass with a tranquilizer. How else should And I then be? he's like, oh. wait, wait, don't shoot! My finger, my hand hurts! I'm like, shut up! <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> I'm oh. telling you. I'm telling you. They should have named him Dwayne. Oh my god, they should have. His name was something stupid like Landon. <laughs> yeah, overall, uh, I wasn't disappointed. Oh, Lloyd, but, that's his yeah, name. Lloyd. Lloyd. I, I wasn't expecting much from this movie, but I, I... Also, 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 the plot with Billy Bob Thornton and the kid is... Oh, no, no. There is... This reoccurring trend in action movies now, where a giant celebrity has to protect a child, but the child is also badass for some godforsaken reason. This was in the movie Kate with Mary Elizabeth Winstead. This was in the movie Gunpowder Milkshake with uh, Karen so Gillian. That's why people hate those movies. Well, I actually enjoyed the action in. Oh gunpowder milkshake, but I fucking hated Kate. Not Kate, but like the movie Kate. Like, and even these action movies think they need, oh, oh, Sweet Girl, it's a movie with Jason Momoa. It's on Netflix. It was awful, but he is protecting a kid again. Um. I'm telling you, these action movies have to stop shoving kids into the plot. Because it's a Boring trope now. The Last of Us started the trend. That wasn't or... an action. Well, it's action e, I guess. But like. But the the father figure. Like the hyper the hyper action. Oh, yeah, with okay. kids. But I they they even did that in Thor. Yeah. Like holy yeah, shit. <laughs> I I mean I will admit I did like the scene where they were playing the music and the girl was crying at the end and then he's like beating people up outside. Oh, but you never see it. He walks in all badass and <laughs> yeah. stuff. It's like that just was, a regular was, Thursday. That was pretty. That was pretty cool. But you can come in. So, yeah. Sorry, we had to pause. So, I actually didn't hate Julia Butters as the kid. That's her name. She was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and she was really good in that. Like for a child actor, she's not awful. And I actually like. That she wasn't 
like, oh, I'm actually badass too. Like, she was crying the whole time. She didn't know what the fuck was going yeah, on. Yeah, that's true. I won't either. <laughs> like, like, unlike movies like Gunpowder Milkshake, where the kid can suddenly, like, shoot fucking guns at people and, like, throws knives into their throats and shit, like, at least this kid acted like a normal kid and didn't understand what the hell was going on and, like, was bawling her eyes out when everyone was, like, dying around her. Like, that character made a lot of sense, right? But it was just a giant distraction. Like, this is also based off of a book, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's based off of, I think it was, like, 2009 or something the book came out. Is it also hyper-action, or did they just make that decision I, for I the feel movie? like I feel like it was one of those books that tried to be a Tom Clancy book. Or, like, a like a born identity sort of thing. Yeah. But then they, yeah, they just, like, made it action, hyper-action. Hyper-action fight it. Yeah. I, I mean, I haven't read the book, but, and I don't know, what the, I don't even know how close of an a- adaptation it is, but I just assume that because there are a lot of books that are like that. Like that, so, yeah. yeah. It's like when Girl with the Dragon Tattoo came out, and then a bunch of thrillers became just, like, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, sort yeah. of. Like, it's just, like, it. there's a thing that was popular, and then everything in that genre had to copy it instead of creating its own identity. Fantasy? Like, fantasy, exactly. <laughs> that hasn't changed the formula in over a hundred, almost a hundred years now? Crazy. <laughs> See, steampunk fantasy. That shit slaps so fucking Well, hard. there are tropes, like magic energy that makes the skies when, float. When the villain is the darkness, I want to die. <laughs> I want to die. The dark. The darkness. Dude, literally, yeah, I'm gonna go, Fable 3, the bad guy's, it's, so the bad guy's name is the Crawler. Okay. But, he's like, the children are angry, and he oh has like, God. darkness minions. So Jesus Christ. Alright, here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read my letterbox review, alright? Alright. Alright. <clears throat> Yikes, bland and boring, everyone is phoning it in, Regé Jean Page's Ana de Armas is one of the best actresses alive right now, and she sucks too. Ryan Gosling is like worst version of himself in Drive. <laughs> Chris Evans can't act to save his life. Sure, he has charisma, but that isn't enough to make him a good villain by any stretch. Russo Bros' direction is muddled by bad smoke effects, excessive use of cuts, and overall lack of imagination outside of a couple of notably decent-looking frames from the film. I enjoyed the fight from Alfred Woodard's house to the town square to the train, maybe the only inventive action scene in the movie. The score is generic action movie schlock, and the film is either the loudest goddamn thing on the planet, or you're constantly turning it up because it decided to be too fucking quiet. As well, the movie doesn't look $200 million. The film looks way cheaper with bad CG lighting and gross green screen. The pacing is slow, which I wouldn't, no- which I wouldn't normally mind. But nothing is happening on screen most of the time. The plot is similar to every goddamn action movie made in the last decade. Overall, a boring and borderline miserable experience. And I just want to know where the good version of the Russo Bros went. I want them back. That's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> crap. <laughs> I want them back. So yeah, I, I does agree. that sum it up? Yeah, I think that, that sums, sums it, up. it up. That sums it up for me too. Yeah. What What'd you rate it? I gave it a four out of ten. 
Because I didn't think it was horrible. I thought it was bad. bad Worse than not, mediocre. Bad, but not miserable. Yeah. I, I mean, think I think it was towing the line between like miserable and just like just bad. Like there were action scenes that I could tolerate. I was being a bit too harsh on. I I don't think the also, first action scene was that bad, but specifically the the the, the plane. Fl- was yeah, that was a bad awful. Fight. That was a bad fight. Ryan Gosling, like he can't like fight. Like he he just seems too slow, right? So like they yeah. cut quickly to make it look like oh he's doing these things quickly, but he like same thing with Chris Evans, right? He's just like a giant meat bag, right? He just, just he throws slowly, right? So like they cut. Like, no joke, there was a scene from the train fight where I was, like, taken aback by how awful the editing was. So I paused it, went back ten seconds, waited for this section of this train fight, then I put it at half speed, and I counted every cut. In about two and a half seconds, there were 15 cuts. That is not a fucking joke. Like, what a travesty, right? It was a shot of Ana de Ormas, to a shot of the car, to a shot of her in the car, to a like two and a half like frame shot of the the car with the fucking machine gun, to the train with Ryan Gosling in it for like a couple of like within this two or like three seconds in these like fifteen cuts, it's like it just goes so goddamn quickly, and it. Li- like, people made fun of the Taken series for this, but, like, I don't see a lot of people bashing this movie for its editing. But it's awful. It's, yeah, it's, it, it's, it ruined a lot of action. It, it killed it for a lot of it. And now I'm just like, how the fuck? So, but the last thing I'm going to criticize is uh, for a lot of movies in general. If you're going to have a big actor and actress like Ana de Armas and Ryan Gosling, you and have Chris to Evans. give them actual breathing room to actually use their talent. To act, yeah. To act, yeah. Like, yeah, Ryan Gosling attempted to be funny, and it didn't work because the writing was oh, bad. Oh my gosh, he's so funny and the nice guys. I love it when he screams like a little girl when he gets his hand broken. <laughs> it's so funny. Imagine a good writer like Shane Black. <laughs> Imagine that. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. I, I'm frustrated with the gray man i wasn't excited for it but then i knew you it's got ryan gosling you can do it for the podcast yeah and then i watched it and i regretted watching it (laughs) and like there are so many bad movies this year like i haven't seen as many movies from this year as i did last year last year i've seen like 120 movies that's like not even a joke i popped off but this year, I haven't like gotten to that point where I'm gonna watch a bunch of random like seven movies in a day or whatever, like I did last year. So the stuff I've seen, most of it's bad. Most of it's just like boring, and like there's only like six movies that I have above a seven out of ten, and I've seen like thirty things. Like that's not a good ratio, like at all. Ratio, L plus ratio. ratio. So like, yeah. This this ended up in the three out of ten or two point five out of ten territory for me. Um, yeah, just overall, not happy with 
experience. Um, I don't know, I'm going to talk about the song to song real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I watched this, I don't remember what fucking day I watched it. It's free on YouTube, but it's censored, so I'm guessing there's a lot of nudity in it. But this has incredible actors and actresses in it. Um, Michael Fassbender, Natalie Portman, uh, Ryan Gosling, and the main lady. I don't remember her name. I'm sorry. I'll look um, it up, but you can keep talking. Um, so the, the movie is shot like a documentary, mm-hmm. which is That's interesting. The style. Yeah, which, which I mean, I was interested in at first. Um, and then also the main lady talks over... Oh, Rooney Mara. Yeah. Yeah, she's a great actress. Yeah. She's, also, oh, she has Kate Blanchett. Yeah. And Holly Hunter and Val like, Kilmer. What the, the fuck? The casting is good. I don't remember Val Kilmer in the movie. It says he's just kind of weird. Well, well, the casting, the cast is goaded. It's, there's, yeah. Um, and so she talks over, like. like so it, what is it about? So it's about Ryan Gosling. I, so the thing is, is because it's. The writing is awful, and I have no idea what was happening for, like, the first half of the movie. Like, I didn't know what Ryan Gosling was. So, I'm probably wrong, but I assume Ryan Gosling was in a band. And then Michael Fassbender was, like, the producer, or, like, the of the, of the band. And so, what the movie is about is about, like... So, he's, he's really close. It starts off, Ryan Gosling is really close to Michael Fassbender's character. And he's dating the main lady, Ryan Gosling is. And then later on it's revealed that the main lady was the secretary of Michael Fassbender. You can already tell where this is going. Oh my god. Because she wanted a career choice. So they were banging. Imagine writing a woman like that. Well, that talks gets more into the themes about what what the movie tries to tell. Um, You know, she eventually does regret it, but Oh, eventually the two fall, the two best friends fall apart, and Michael Fassbender gets mad at him, and they don't. They're not really clear on why. They just get. Mad. They just get mad at each other, and then he's they, he he stops. He's not part of the band anymore. The band, I think, I think it's a band. I don't, I don't know. It's <laughs> the fact that you don't know is like yeah. Nuts. The writing is. I I honestly didn't understand what was happening until the last half. Like seriously, that, that is, is not like, great. Like the writing is not good, but I think where it stands is with its themes and then how it's shot and the acting, is that, and yeah, um, so the breakup. But then he wants to. They, they he starts to have a simple life, right? Because that's what he wants with the lady, but eventually he finds out that she dated him, and she, he didn't like the fact that she was using her body for getting like or she didn't she didn't tell him earlier that she used it, her body to get a career he didn't like the fact that she made that decision and later on michael fassbender meets natalie portman's character and then the same situation she wants to make it big generic her family her family's poor they have to shut down the restaurant that their family owns and then he makes them have hot lesbian sex with what? a lot, <laughs> there is and lots of hot lesbian. It's censored, yeah. There is hot lesbian sex, and um, eventually Natalie Portman's character. Um, so I think he actually does fall in love with Natalie Portman's character. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> but like, 
Yeah, he he's he's basically just a rich snob who has lots of babes. Um, she. So actually, the the lady, the the main lady, falls in love with another girl. And then they have come. No, this this is like a soap <laughs> there's, opera. There's the way fuck? too much going on, and but then Ryan Gosling's character meets up with the girl that he's actually not in love with. But then he meets up with the old girl, and then I think they get back together. I seriously don't know what you're talking about by this <laughs> but then, point. But then Natalie Portman's character commits suicide what in the pool. The f- what and the then fuck? After having hot lesbian sex or something with another lady in front of Michael Fassbender, and Michael Fassbender's sad. So where the hell is Ryan Gosling ends? in all of this? Ryan Gosling is the dude who's in love with the lady, and then they get back together again. I think they get back together I again. T- I, I'm tuning out. <laughs> I don't know what the hell the is writing there. is absolutely He's literally awful. a soap opera yeah. It's like not even a joke. It's a soap opera. Right? The writing is awful and abysmal. I don't I think I gave the movie like a four or five because I think the you movie is well six. shot. And it was highly entertained by how confused <laughs> I was. Cause like Cause like Natalie Portman's character also had hot lesbian sex with the lady, so like is Why do you call it hot lesbian <laughs> sex? Is that is that bef- is is I'm confused because the main lady does it with her, but like I thought Natalie Portman was the movie is confusing. That's you should have just gone to that. Yeah, the I movie mean, is confusing, the confusing. But the themes about how um, a simple life is better than living a rich life and how a rich life could fuck someone over mentally. Because a rich life in terms of like money or like in terms of like power and money. Because like Michael Fassbender doesn't realize that he's screwing these women over because you know, he's like, manip- he's like, oh, I'll give you a nice career if, you know, you bang in front of me so I can watch. Uh, and then he doesn't realize that until someone dies. I don't even know if he learns his lesson. But, and then also the theme of how uh, you can't make it big for women. Like, it's hard for women to go big, you know. Because forced sexism in the industry? Yeah. What? I gave it a six because I liked the themes, and the last half of the movie actually made sense. But the first half, I had no idea what was going on. See, I've heard Terrence Malick is the GOAT, but that did not sound it at was, all. Like... I was so confused. Like, this is one of his worst movies. This is his worst movie, I think. Like, I looked at all of his scores on Letterboxd. Like, all of them are, like, 3.8, but then there's just this one that's, like, 2.2. <laughs> or like 2.8 or something. And it's like, oh. Yeah, mm, okay. Makes sense. <laughs> like the movie's confusing, but I think it's thematically rich and on a technical level, it's pretty good. Okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. I okay. do want to do a Terrence Malick marathon because he started around the same time as Scorsese did. He's done around. So he did a movie with Martin Sheen in 73 called Badlands. Yeah. Then he did a movie in 78 called Days of Heaven with Richard Greer. And he was like doing a lot of like I hear those movies are like damn near masterpieces, bro. But then he stopped making movies for like 20 years. Just straight up fell off the face of the earth. Then 20 years later, he comes back with The Thin Red which is about, it, it's World War Two, and it 
has one of the most stacked casts you've ever seen in a movie. Like, apparently the movie was like nine hours long, and he cut six hours of it to make a three-hour-long movie. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, like, he kept in shots of, like, birds and trees and stuff, but, like, Mickey Rourke had an entire plot and character, and he was cut from the movie. Like, he had, like, an hour of scenes, and he was cut out of it. Like, George Clooney is in one scene, and he apparently had, like, 30 to 40 minutes of screen time, but they cut all of it out, right? Like, he is notorious for having dense movies and then having to cut a lot of it out. That's probably what happened with Song to Song. <laughs> Maybe. But, like, it's, it's, like, it's just wild, I think. And then he didn't do another movie for almost ten years. And then he did one with Colin Farrell and Christian Bale called The New World. And then he didn't do a movie for like eight years, and then he came out with The Tree of Life. And now he's like a bit more consistent. He did a movie with Ben Affleck called To the Wonder. Then he did Knight of Cups. And then he did Song to Song. And he did A Hidden Life. It's like he he's more consistent in the 2010s. But for the most part, he was like skipping entire decades almost before he made more Jeff. movies. I'll make a movie when I feel like it. <laughs> Sorry, babe, kind of not feeling like it right now. I'm kind of... And, like, I actually bought the Thin Red Line book. And I can see why he had to cut out a lot of shit. Because it's, like, 700 pages. Okay, yeah. And he, like, tried to be accurate with it. And then he had to cut out a bunch of shit. And I wanted to read the Thin Red Line, but it's 700 pages. And the text is so fucking small. It's it's like a Stephen King book, right? He just shoves as much shit as possible into it, and so I'm looking at this and I'm like, "This crosses the thin." <laughs> this crosses. Oh my god! Is but, that is that the line in the movie? This crosses the third thin, the thin red line. But no joke, the thin red line got in over the Truman Show at the Oscars for Best Picture. Well, I haven't seen. But the Truman like, Show is so goaded. It's really so goaded. It's, yeah. But, so, like, you know what? I'll make my opinion when I watch The Thin Red Line. But no joke. Here's here's the cast, okay? Sean Penn, Adrian Brody, John Cusack, John C. Riley, Woody Harrelson, Nick Nolte, George Clooney, John Travolta, Jared <laughs> Leto. What the fucking Jared Leto? Oh my god. As soon as you said Adrian Brody, I'm like, yeah, I already know where this is heading. Uh, Tim Blake Nelson, and oh, fuck, there's probably more people. Ah, but, yeah, either way. And then he cut out, like, even more people. Like, holy shit. <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> he sounds like a chat. He does sound like a chat. Alright, um, I think, for a future review, you should watch Mad God. I should watch because I, I do want to talk about Mad Guff, but I'd like you to watch it first. Okay. So I don't spoil it. But, yeah. um, all right, on to the next topic. All right, so um, this is more of like a, we can go as much in-depth as we want with this, but I want, at first I was just like inst-life and bit-life, 
sort of like started this trend of mobile game of like you go through each year and you make a bunch of choices and then you age through a life until you die and basically inst life started it bit life well it's got big yeah. but there's like a bunch of other ones bit life and it doesn't it use the coding of inst life that the company bought that candy writer bought candy writer yeah i Inst's think copy. i'm not sure when the buyout happened I think maybe BitLife existed beforehand, but then they did buy the people of InstLife and did use the code, especially because the people that did InstLife have barely done anything yeah. major since. Besides the God religion thing that they made, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, that's where it started as a topic, but then just mobile games in general, let you think of them. What are the good ones? Which ones do you wish were still popular? Which ones do you remember? Stuff like that. I When I think of a mobile game, I think of a nice game to play on the toilet. Or like <laughs> right before you fall asleep in bed. I know it's not healthy, but... but hey, like like I mentioned true. before, the Easy Brain, Yeah. they do Picross. I have fucking played so much Picross, dude. <laughs> just puzzle games in general are just... I think they're per as long as there's like they're not like, I mean I'm fine with the ads and mobile games. You have to get money from somewhere, but like, constantly, like there I know there are games where it's like as soon as you do a move, <laughs> add <laughs> thirty second ad. Add. Like, mm. mm -hmm. Easy Brain does have a bit of trouble with that. Like you can go through like a round or two, so like, you do a, a board and then an ad or even like. An ad, you play it, and then an ad. Yeah. But, like, oh, there can be really easy ones. So, like, if it's a hard one, it takes you, like, ten minutes to fully figure it out. The ad doesn't matter. But if you're, like, breezing through a bunch of, like, ten by ten boards, the ads get really fucking frustrating. So, like, I guess it all just depends on what you're playing in terms of big cross. But Inst Life. Even though it doesn't have as many features, it doesn't have the photos, it doesn't have the colors, it had the feature to become infertile at age two. <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, the, the fact that it could get so batshit insane. In you could literally get kidnapped and deported to another country, and you yeah. would never meet your family again. Like, was... BitLife could never do that. But, like, InstLife just had the balls to just do the most yeah. batshit insane stuff in, imaginable. InstLife was insane. It wasn't insane. And yeah, you don't have to pay for DLC packs or whatever, like in BitLife now. See, Candy Rider got greedy because they know they're the biggest, like, life game on mobile, basically. And that's, like, that, that kind of sucks, right? They did Cat Life and then Dog Life. And now they have. Oh, fuck. What's that new game that they have? It's oh, like it's you, Rank Life. Rank Life! Oh yeah. my god, what a. Fucking joke. What yeah. a joke. Like, honestly, that's like a travesty how awful that is. But I mean, BitLife is so goaded. That's like not even a that's, joke. That's true. I mean, as long as you have bits in. That's true. If but you don't have bits in, you're fucked. But now you can't say the same because if you don't buy it before a certain date, then you don't have all the DLC that they're releasing. Yeah, see, they, they are getting really confusing. So, at first, there was no bits in. 
because there just wasn't enough in the game, mm-hmm. right? So then they came out with the bits in stuff, no ads. You have the ability to. I, f- I forget what the bits in includes. It was, it was God mode, yeah. God can, mode, you yeah. You can create people, anything you want. Edit. You yeah. can add custom friends, places, people. Yeah. Like, like you can, like it works really well, and I think that's a great addition. And it also like includes it. special careers, right? Or is that yeah. already a mode? Yeah, that in... was in that was in Bitson. Yeah, it was only like nine, like two bucks, three bucks. Yeah, five? Bitson's like five bucks, but yeah. you get a lot, and yeah. you are able to do a lot more. There's features in the activity section of the game that is locked under Bitson. So like Bitson is like the big deal, right? And it included, yeah, you can become a part of the mafia or a musician or a pro athlete or a politician. But recently, recently, they did some dumb shit. For example, they have this new thing where you have to buy these career packs separately. Now, it's under special careers, it's your job packs. So they are fucking planning on selling these individually. Right? Now, because I bought Bitsin in 2020, they gave me the acting career for free. Yeah. But if you didn't have Bitsin, you would buy Bitsin and get four of the careers, but you had to buy actors separately. And that's like two bucks for one. When Bitsin has like a bunch of shit in it already. Like Bitsin is a good deal. I would recommend it if you want a better bit life experience. I would not buy <laughs> the um the other shit with it. Yeah. And oh, here's under the coming soon. Astronaut, business, dealer. I don't know what dealer is. Model, it's, it's, vampire, it's, it's, and beekeeper, right? Vampire. So they also added Street Hustler recently. That just came for free. So I think if you're a new player, you're fucked. That's basically yeah. all I gotta say is you're fucked. If you're not part of the established fan base, yeah. Like if you want to join in because you've heard good things, do so and get bits in. I'm basically free promotion for fucking Candy Rider right now. But don't get the career packs, because that's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, and they're probably, they're not worth it. You, oh, you can, I mean, you can like, still get the enough. acting career is, like, really fun, but Street Hustler is dumb as fuck, right? You go into a street, right, and basically you it shows you the traffic of people that you can meet up with, how much crime is there on this street, and the police activity. And basically, you, it's not like a side hustle, like, this becomes your career. So, like, you can, like, tag a street. Or you can, like, here, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do it right now, live on camera. So I'm playing a person right now that is a movie star. I'm going to switch careers <laughs> <laughs> to a hustler on the street. All right? Here we go. I'm going to go into cockshear. <laughs> All right? Hustle this street. All right? So, here we go. You can panhandle, which is basically like tricks. You can do a scam artist. 
and basically learn a bunch of skills from scams, or you can become a street performer, right? Like, that's not a lot for, like, if you have to pay two bucks so you can become a fucking panhandler in BitLife, like, that's stupid. <laughs> that's, like, really stupid. But because, I guess, thankfully, I bought BitSim two years ago, yeah. I get this shit for free now. Um, do, do you, did you buy it? Yeah, I, I did. I did in twenty twenty, so I got everything. The acting is really fun, but I haven't played it since they added, added the acting. Street Hunt. Oh, since they added. The yeah. Acting. Yeah. Because like, I mean, it's ever since they did the merge coding to uh, update both Android and iPhone at the same time, they've gone downhill. Well, like, like, what, what, what do you mean by that? Well, like, I'm just saying, like, because well, like, as I, I knew Apple. That. Got updates before Android. Yeah, and then they they merge the coding because like they use two different codes, which is didn't know. Which yeah, is it's, dumb. it's weird, but it's a lot more work to make one singular code that works for both. So they they did that. They merged the codes so then they could both constantly get updates. But then like ever since then they've gone downhill for some reason. In terms of like quality or just like in, in terms of content or uh, I wouldn't say in terms of content, but in terms of Corporate, corporate wise, because like yeah, it is a. They good did thing get to, really greedy. It, it's it's a good thing for a company to do to merge. Code. I, that's a lot of work, but like it's really respectful that they're like, hey, we're kind of tired of these guys getting all this before you guys, so let's just put it together. You know, like I think Minecraft is doing that now. That's I feel like they would have already had done that by this point. Yeah, but like they have the original Minecraft and then they have the. Minecraft with the stores, with the store, Minecraft store, where you can buy mine coins and buy cool skins. Mm, yes. Yeah. Okay. Fun. So, all right, that that was just bit life and install, but mobile games in general, right? What what are you, what are your thoughts? Um, what are some fun ones that you like? Because for me, I was addicted to Angry Birds. Yeah. Like a lot. The original. I got really into Star Wars 2, Angry Birds Star Wars 2. That was the prequel stuff. Um, I got into Angry Birds Transformers, where it wasn't even one. Angry Birds. They were, like, running, and yeah. he, like, shot them. It was, um, shot... a, rail, it was a rail shooting. It was a rail shooting, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really got into that stuff. But Rovio, no one talks about this. Rovio, like, deleted almost every Angry Birds yeah. game. And... That, like, really infamous Angry Birds kid from, like, a long time ago came back and, like, started talking about it or whatever. Now he's, like, older or whatever. But, like, it's so... Like, I don't know why they did it. There's Angry Birds 2, but there's not the original. There's not Space. There's not the Rio game. They probably lost the license to Rio and stuff. And the Star Wars games, I can get. Too, yeah. But they still have the license to Transformers. Well, yeah, I don't think Hasbro gives a shit, to be honest. <laughs> but, like, like, even, like, original stuff that they did, they deleted. Yeah. Like, Bad Piggies, where you built the vehicles for the pigs, that's gone. So, like, I didn't, I, I never played that. But, like, it's just kind of nuts to think that, like, a billion-dollar company that has a movie division deletes half 
of the stuff that was making them money. Yeah, that is really weird. I don't know why. I, I'm not a Rovio maybe, fanatic. I, maybe, maybe they lost the source code, but do they even have a source code? I don't, I I don't know how it. source codes work. So, yeah, it is weird that they would just delete all their hard work and something that they put a ton of money into and they got a ton of money from. Do you remember... Oh my god. It, it was the this game where it was 2D. You had a bunch of different vehicles and basically you tried to drive on different maps. And like you collected fuel. Oh along yeah, the way. that was hill climb racing. Hill climb racing, yes. Yeah, that that shit was great. Yeah. See, that was free, no microtransactions. Yeah. But now it has up to like a hundred and twenty dollars in microtransactions. Yeah. See, because my dad had it for like eight years. I think he still has it. That's like not even a joke. So, I I stopped playing it, but I saw him playing it. I'm like, oh shit, you still have it? And he's like, yeah. And then he, like, went to the menu, and there was, like, this, like, shop where he was, like, buying a bunch of stuff, and there was, like, like an upgrade center or whatever the fuck. I'm like, what the hell is this? And he's like, yeah, it got really weird, but, like, I've had it for so long that it's, like, hard to get rid of it. And so I'm just like, that makes sense. And he's the same way with uh, Boom Beach. Oh, that my was the gosh. Co- <laughs> that was the company that like, does Clash of Clans. Like, in fifth grade? Yeah, Boom Beach was so goaded. He had that game for like seven years. <laughs> he he had this old as fuck phone, and he was basically like, I will play this game until I get a new phone, and then I'm going to stop playing this game. Because it was like, he did it daily. He just, ha- he had everything upgraded. He played every level. right? Like He just hit that grind for so long. He's just like, it's, like, kind of pointless now, but I just do it anyways because, like, there's not much else to do, you know? So, like, he got a new phone, and the SIM card was, like... or No, it didn't have a SIM card because the phone was so old. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, like, he had he got a SIM card that now he can put into different phones or whatever because technology's evolved. It's crazy. But I was like, so is Boom Beach still on there? He's like... I'm like, are you going to get it? He's like, I spent seven years playing that game. I'm done. <laughs> I'm giving up on that. Boom beach. Boom beach. See, Clash of Clans comes back like once yeah. every year. It's the fucking weirdest thing. Like, no one will talk about it. And then, like, once for, like, a month, the only thing we heard from a bunch of frat pieces of shit was... Yo, you gotta join my clan! And it's like, what the fuck? Clash of Clans? You're still playing that? I feel like that's the same with the Madden mobile game. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. specifically around football season, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah. It's yeah, really it's weird. So, now that we're out of high school, we're not gonna keep hearing about Clash of Clans. I mean, Although, I'm... Clash of Clans got memed with <laughs> Yeah, it's getting with memed out hard right now. So, like, maybe. Maybe it will come back every year. And that's just a tradition. Yeah. <laughs> Clash, of Clash of Clans comes and back. Well, Clash Royale came to came back, too. Yeah. Yeah, that comes back every year, too. And it's, yeah. like, around the same time. It's yeah. the it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> Boom Beach never had a resurgence. Yeah, just remember being popular in fifth grade and then, yeah. I literally, 
I, I was getting babysat for a while because I was too young to, like, be home alone. But my parents had to work and stuff. So before and after school, I had to go to, like, a babysitter, basically. And there was this one kid that I hung out with a bunch. And he we were both, like, addicted to Clash of Clans. So we came up with a bunch of designs for, like, next levels for, like, different houses for like like different things and like we came up with a bunch of different like unit types and it was like really fun but then like i stopped playing it and then it was like seven years later and it's like way the hell more like evolved than it was when i was playing it so it, it just brought that memory back and it was kind of kind of yeah funky. maybe that that's why it keeps coming back because nostalgia, people are like, "Oh, I remember this," and then just well, it's an endless it cycle of nostalgia. Like, um, like, oh, I remember when I used to play that in middle school, and then like, then oh, the I next remember one, when oh, I, I remember. Oh, I remember when I. Oh, I remember when I played. Yeah, it just, just keeps bringing it back. I remember when I played that when I was twenty-two. Yes, <laughs> I shall yeah. continue to play it. Also, yeah, we mentioned this before, but Vector, such a good game. It, yeah, Vector, really like it, it gets difficult. Like, if you are not precise, it you have to, like, redo, like, a three-minute-long level. Which doesn't sound that bad, but when you get that far, and then you fuck up, and you're like, you just, like, you're, you feel just so dumb. But, like, I bought the full version. It was only, like, a dollar, but it's so fun. And you get to play as the fucking, um, you get to play as the guy chasing the dude. You get oh, to play yeah, the hunter. Yeah. yeah, that's so fun. Like, it's, yeah, it's really fun. But we gotta talk about Plants vs. Zombies, dude. Plants vs. Zombies. So, I never had it on the phone. I had it, the shitty Xbox arcade demo. Okay. So, did you never have the full version? I, I did not have the full until, version until recently. Yeah, for your grad party. For my grad, when I got it at my grad party, yeah. So, what, you never beat the final no, Dr. Zombies? I... I I remember watching YouTube videos on Plants vs. Zombies. Cause, so, way back then when I had no money, I would just go browse through the Xbox 360 store and just download a bunch of free demos and just sure. play those constantly. Like, I would play Lego Lord of the Rings, and the demo, no joke, the demo that they had was the Battle of Helm's Deep. Oh my How would God. that not want you, buy, <laughs> want you to buy that game? Or Plants vs. Zombies was just the first level. I would just play the first level over and over and over again and just pray one day I get Plants vs. Zombies. <laughs> Dude, I had a DS that had... I got Plants vs. Zombies from a cousin. So he... He's, like, two years older than me. He, like... He was always into video gaming, like, more than I was. So he would like, introduce me to the next COD, or he would, like, mm-hmm. talk about games like Doom, which I had never heard of at the time. Like, he, he was always, like, into it and more knowledgeable than me at the time, and he had a DSi. It was a black one. I had a DS Lite that I won when I was in, when I was, like, seven or six. So, like, one of my earliest memories is I'm sitting in the elementary school, and I'm sitting next to a bunch of kids. I don't remember entering this raffle (laughs) at all, (laughs) but I remember 
someone saying Riley and someone next to me saying, that's you, stand up. So I stood up and my memory blanks before and after that moment. But that got me a DS, I guess. <laughs> so I mean, DS Lite. My DS Lite. So like that didn't have photo mode. That didn't have a lot of DSiWare stuff. That was just like, you can download games that other people would send you links for. And that was about it. <laughs> and whatever DS game you had. But, man, that was so good. God, I love the DS. I wish I had one again. Yeah, me too. Mine is like, <laughs> won't turn on. I showed you it the last yeah, time. Yeah, it's over. literally broken. It's almost <laughs> snapped in half. <laughs> well, that's because I was playing... I was playing Lego Star Wars 2 for the DS. And you broke it. For nostalgia reasons in, like, fifth grade or something. And um, I think it was, like, my dad told me to take out the garbage or something. And I was just a lazy fecker. <laughs> and I just didn't because, you know, typical teenager me. And so he tried to... Fifth grade, you weren't a teen. I know, but still, like... <laughs> Close enough. I was actually kind of an evil child, but uh, I, I would just... I was like, I'll do it. In a sec, I had a huge attitude problem back then. Um, but, um, yeah, he, he tried to take it out of my hands, but I had a really tight grip on it. And, you know, I don't know if you know this, but for biology reasons, guys, for some reason, we tend to not really know how hard we hit until later. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, he, he, he didn't hit me, but he, he, ripped, he accidentally pulled a bit too hard on the DS and ripped it in half. He did. He realized what he did after. He's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> but yeah, he, he apologized, of course. But yeah, it's still you were probably yeah. Fuming. I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the like he, he didn't mean to. I I know he didn't mean to. But it's still the DS still worked. I could play uh, ga uh Game Boy games on it wow. because I could just use the bottom screen. Sure. But I can't use the rest. But then eventually just gave up and died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it couldn't live on. I had a... Yeah, so after I got my DS Lite, Lego Battles was on. It's so oh. fucking good. No, oh I my played, god. Uh, that wasn't Lego Battles. I, I always dreamed about having Lego Battles. Lego Battles was so good. I had the Lego Ninjago Battles. Yes, me too. <laughs> oh my god. I got so far through Lego Battles. But then the space missions started happening, and I just could never beat them. I was always just so bad at the space missions. Yeah, I I didn't have like and I I always like invited my sister to play because I just wanted to win. Yeah. And she's like, "You can't attack me," and I'm like, "Oh, I won't. Don't worry." And then I would immediately invade and brutal. And just destroy her. So I, I didn't have much DS games, so I would always take my DS to my cousin's because he had like a shelf full of DS games. And there was one where we'd play together all the time. It was like all, well, it was Lego Ninjago Battles. <laughs> and I remember playing it by myself because I think he, he had summer school or something. Cause he, and, Bad child. Um, <laughs> uh, um, I remember getting really far until... Um, until you played as the bad guys, the skeleton people, and I got oh. my ass absolutely <laughs> handed to me. <laughs> yes, but skeleton. I also remember. Was this when the snakes were involved, or was this like right this when was Ninjago right started? Right when Ninjago started. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. I also remember doing multiplayer, and I also remember doing the sister strategy. No, you can't attack me because 
what we used to do is we used to wait until we were ready. Like, we would tell each other. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> but, like, he would always choose the skeletons, and the skeletons were so fucking overpowered. <laughs> it was nuts. Like, I stood. I don't know. That was me with plants versus zombies. I would always pick the zombies. Because, like, I actually unlocked everything because I had no life, but she didn't know what everything meant. So I'm like, oh, this is a good one. Yeah, trust me. Oh, this is a good one. And then I'd pick the most overpowered zombies, and then I'd just spam them and just obliterate her fucking her fort. Oh my god! And yeah, sorry, you were about to say. Something. Or there was also multiplayer with Lego Star Wars Two for the DS, where you would like you were played. It was cool in concept. You played as a bunch of bounty hunters, Lego bounty hunters, you know, in the Star Wars universe, and you'd have to capture. Carbonite Han Solo, so it was like floppy Carbonite Han Solo. It was funny. But like, there was one character who, like, literally could one-shot everything. Like, if you had that character... It's a game over. You're done. But he had, like, two hearts. He had less hearts than the other characters, but, like, it wasn't very... It didn't matter. It didn't matter. Oh, and so are you gonna get the new Lego Star Wars? I might. It's just, I don't want to spend $70. Yeah, I might wait. Well, that depends on when... They just recently, they just recently had a sale too. I don't know if it's still on, but I, I, I think I'll pick it up eventually. I do want to play it because I heard it was really fun. Yeah, I did and too. like it fueled a lot of nostalgia for people. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, um, yeah. I was about to say something. Yeah, DS games slap so yeah. hard. Yeah, Lego Batman on the DS. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> no joke, so good. So I can't good. believe they did. They got the Tim Burton score too. I know that's nuts, and like, I never played any actual Nintendo games. I only ever played like licensed shit. Yeah. That like came afterwards, so like, I always was like, like I there was a there was you know that Phineas and Ferb movie across the second dimension. I had the DS game of that. a DS game of that. <laughs> Um, Spider-Man, uh, Web of, no, not Web of Shadow, Shattered Dimensions. Oh. I had that on the DS. That's <laughs> uh, been awful. I had Speed Racer. Dude, Shit. so fucking fun. I loved that so much. Like, I was bad at it, but I just loved playing that. Just trying my damnedest to get first place. Ugh. Yeah. I... So, the 3DS came afterwards. I never had one. Um, and then they had that really dumb idea, the 2DS. Yeah, that was like, weird. That's, that's kind of stupid. Um, but they stopped. They, they shut down the store, right, for 3DS and 2DS, I think. Yeah. They shut I, down the store. A little bit ago. It wasn't a while ago. Maybe it was, it like, was, like, it was a like a year a, ago. No, it was like a couple of months ago. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was that. Yeah, I didn't think it was that long ago. Um, yeah, I mean, that like I was never invested in it, but that like kind of sucks, you know. Like, Nintendo's just so dumb with that sort. Of, like, they shut down the the WiiWare store. They shut down the Wii shop. That's fucking dumb, bro. I don't well, understand. I mean, have you heard when I turn on my Wii? It, like, makes the loudest noise. It's like it's about to explode. <laughs> yes. 
The fact that yours works is nuts. <laughs> yeah, the fact that it works is nuts. It's like full of like. That's like me with my PS2. It's like 20 years old, but I still have yeah, it. It still but works. Like the Wii is like, it's got like a yellow tint to it. It's like Ugh. gold. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking disgusting. It, like it doesn't, like we'd never take it out. It just sits in a tote. Oh, okay. It has more of a, like a, it's not like a yellow tint, but it's like got like, it's more like towards like the, the lines where you can't really clean it, you know, like okay, the, yeah. the, the creases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where it mostly comes from. But yeah, it's, it's nasty. It's yeah. dusty. Ugh. I mean, it's sitting up there cause we took it out when we moved, but I remember like at the old house, we like never took it out and it would just sit there and just in a tote. Just nothing. See, nothing. It, I wanted to get a Nintendo 64. This has nothing to do with it, but yeah, I told you about I was, like, sick one day, so I'm like, I'm going to buy a Nintendo 64. Yeah. God. <laughs> so I went to a bunch of stores in the cities, and, like, a lot of them had it, but they were, like, a couple hundred bucks, and I'm like, this is about as much as a new console. I'm not going to pay for that. So I found Pawn America, and it was, like, 80 bucks. That's and wild. I, and I was like, oh, shit. I was looking for it, and it was literally just all, like, matted <laughs> and shit. And, like, I, like, it, sitting in a glass case was the, oh, sorry. It was the Nintendo 64 with a controller, and I was, like, I've been waiting so long to find this. Now I'm here, but I was too socially anxious, so I never asked anyone <laughs> <laughs> get it out of the case and also because I didn't know if it worked yeah like that like I didn't want to just waste 80 bucks and also the game there were no games with it it was just the console and the, the games Nintendo for 60, the Nick Sexy yeah. 4 are fucking insanely yeah. expensive yeah so in the end maybe it was better that I didn't but I still do want to ha- like play it once like is yeah I'm not gonna I'm not going to purchase Dude. Nintendo Online expansion pack. We can also go to, like, uh, transition this to another the favorite game console topic. If you do oh, that yeah, part. so, all right, we'll, we'll get into that. I, I wanted to tell uh, tell you about this. Um, yeah, so, you know you know our friend, the Nintendo fanatic, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yep. he's not a fanatic, but he likes He's Nintendo. a bit of a fanatic. But, um, yeah, he just has the Nintendo 64 just sitting on the, sitting on the, the, the coffee, the, the stand, you know, where he yep. sets the TV, and then just all the line of N64 games, and then, like, literally, he told me to just pull out the two Zelda games, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, and I'm like, dude, like, no joke, this is, like, gonna get you, like, 500 bucks. Like, seriously? Like, if, if these are in pristine condition, like, you could actually be rich from all these games if you sell them. Like, dude. Yeah, but, like, he's more of a collector. Like, yeah, doesn't he have like, like four DSs, or whatever? Like he has a lot of. I would say I would say stuff. the I would I would say one of our other friends is more of a collector. Of PS twos. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. Well, more of place, more like of Western games, because he has a lot of the JRPGs. Cause Isn't that Eastern? Oh yeah, Eastern. Sorry, Western. Yeah, Eastern, because... Yeah. Well, that just depends on where you are, but we're from America, so <laughs> it's, it's, it's Eastern. Because <laughs> apparently his dad loves JRPGs, and so does he, so... He has, like, four copies of, like, one JRPG that's only available in Japan. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, so uh, we'll get into favorites now. I, I came up with a couple more. So, yeah, I guess, since you already brought it up, favorite game console. So this is one of my life goals now that I'm graduated. I want to make it a goal to get a purple GameCube. I have so much Oh, like the OG purple GameCube? I have so much nostalgia for a GameCube. Um, I, I think that's mostly why, but I wouldn't say it's my favorite console, but that I'm just going to put that out there. That is one of my goals mm -hmm. in life is to get out. OG purple. It doesn't have to be usable. I could just sit here on a desk. Oh, I'd want it dust. to be usable. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'd be fine. But, and the games are pretty cheap. They're discs, so. Yeah. And, uh, and that's like the only way to play Resident Evil 4, I hear, is game. Yeah, but I, I'd say my favorite console of all time is the uh, Xbox 360 because, you know, you had your avatars from the Wii, mm -hmm. you know, the shitty Kinect, which is pretty shitty, but you also, the thing that really made it special, I think, was the store itself. And also the online was, and, like, way yeah. the hell better than anything out there, except for, like, PC, but well, in terms of console. Even the original Xbox, too, had that. Well, well, it started that, but I think the store shines because they put, they put indies out there. There was an entire section for indies that they were just had better user interface. It did have well, not at the start. Okay, at the start it was very boxy. Mm, box. I, yeah, yeah, but I didn't have it. I the hate the design of it now. It's oh yeah, it's bad. Oh yeah, traversing it's it, I'm really still so confused. Really bad. And PlayStation is just it was like you know exactly where you're going. PlayStation. So like. But, yeah, 360, because the store itself, I think, I'm not talking about the games, but the games are great, but I think the store itself is a big selling feature, because mm -hmm. it then, you know, they like, almost every, remember demos, when games had mm -hmm. demos? Like, nearly every game had a demo back then, and that would actually convince me to play games. Wow. I want Lego Lord of the Rings, because Battle of Helm's Deep, that yes. game is good, though. That, that so, I mean... I was a PlayStation boy my entire life. Um, yeah, grew up with the PS2 when I hit double digit age. It was the PS3. Yeah. When I hit my teenager years, late teenager years, it became the PS4. So I've been, yeah, like a PlayStation boy all my life. So, I mean, in terms of like amount of games I've played and in terms of like just the connection that I like I do have to say the DS brought me a lot of nostalgia yeah it's just like a fun experience and honestly like favorite console like I always go back to a PlayStation like I have a switch I have an Xbox now I have a laptop that has Xbox on it like, I always go back to PlayStation, right? It's just, like, I'm, I'm always gravitated towards that stuff. So, like, I always am thinking, like, oh, you know what? I could go back to any of those three, really. Nostalgia purposes versus non-nostalgia. Non-nostalgia? Well, I mean, just, just the fact that the console just makes you feel like it's not, like, alien. It makes you feel home. Yeah. You know? Comfort. Because, like... I already know what it is. Right. Nostalgic, the PS2, because I like grew up with it. And, but honestly, favorite console, I might have to go PS4. The amount of hours I've sunk into that 
is like concerning. <laughs> is concerning, right? So like, it's modern. You know, you're supposed to go for the classics, but like, man, I I go back to that so often. So I'll just say the PS4. It's probably my favorite, and that was my Christmas and birthday gift put together. So I had to wait like two months for it. But when it showed up, I was so fucking thrilled. I got home, I set it all up, and it's been, like, done ever since, basically. Now that you say that, that that you always go back to PlayStations, I'm going to change mine. To? No, to to the original Xbox. Okay, yeah. I had the original Xbox in my room, and then I also had the 360 on the big flat screen TV. But, like, for some reason... Like, no matter how many games I had on the 360, which was a lot, I would always find myself playing the original Xbox more, even though the games were older and clunkier and worse aged-wise. But maybe it was just the games I had. Like, I had Fable. Mm. I used to play that all the time. But, like, no matter what, I would always go back to the original Xbox. It was just a weird thing. Maybe my 360 is still my favorite, but it's just... Yeah, my, my like, favorite just depends on the period of my life. Yeah. You know? But, I mean... Man, I could... Honestly, I... Any of the 2, 3, or 4 for PlayStation, just pick from those. I'll come up with, like, a billion memories I have from all three of those. Because it just depended on when I it's hard to go back each generation. It's like when I started playing the PS3, yeah. I stopped playing the PS2 as much. When I got my PS4, I stopped playing the PS3 as much. And it's sort of just like, it just, just depends on when I had them. You know? um, so yeah, any of those three. Uh, so next favorite. Oh, we'll pause oh. it, I think. Okay, yeah, sorry, we're back, y'all. All right, so, uh, want to do some more favorites. So, we talked about favorite uh, game console, but, like, what do you have a favorite board game or, like, a favorite card game? You know? Not really. I mean, probably just, I mean, for myself, if, I, if I'm playing by myself, I'll go to Solitaire. <laughs> but otherwise, if I'm playing with family, I think Uno is, like, always the go-to. And Monopoly. Like, I know, like, those are generic, but, like, that's, like, hey, or sorry? <laughs> sorry. Slap. Dude. If it's, like, by myself, I've been getting into solitaire a lot. Um, but in terms of what we play with family, it sort of just depends on what mood we're in, you know? If we're looking for something fast-paced or... If there's a lot of time, we'll pick something that takes longer. Um, but, it, I mean, favorite card game? I really like golf. Or, it, I think it's called Presidents and Assholes. Where, like, we all get a bunch of, like, everyone. So, like, you get the entire deck and you split it up between all of the players. Basically, you start off with, like, a one, and you go to a king, but you can put down multiples. So, like, 
if you put down a two, someone could put down a three, the next person could put down like a seven, because that's like the lowest they've got, but you can't go backwards. And basically, you can put down multiples, so then you have to have two or more of that thing. So it's usually with like two or three decks. So like, you could go from like a seven to someone puts down like three kings. So you have to have three aces, which is the highest. Or you can put down like four twos, because four, no matter what it is, is bigger than a three. And basically you go from two to ace, but then you also go up by the amount of that number that they have. I guess. I'm so confused. <laughs> Maybe I explained it poorly, but I mean, I think it's a pretty fun game, especially if it's a group of like 10 people and there's like five decks at hand and people are just like getting fecked over and people are just going as fast as they can to try to get out as quick as possible. It, it's pretty fun. Um, Alright, favorite season of Uh, late fall, when I, it's like barely snowing, because I like it when all the bugs are gone, but it's like cold. Like, I, I, and it looks nice, but it's not like too cold. It's not like negative. It's like sweatshirt weather, I guess. Yeah, I do right. like that time of the seasons. Yeah. For all Christmas on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I do like that time for sure. Okay, so final favorite. Favorite movie soundtracks. Okay, so technical difficulties aside, favorite movie soundtracks. Or just like video game soundtracks also, probably. So just like favorite soundtracks. I've got a list. Wait, in, you said in general? Uh, It can be movies. I, I know I have one on Letterboxd for movies. Yeah, I might just but, talk about movies. Like, you can yeah. also talk about game soundtracks. But... Yeah, I, I'll go too deep in games. Okay, so I don't have, like, I'm not going to go in, like, order. So I'll say, like, Schindler's List, Guardians Volume 2, Juno, Guardians 1, the Evangeline series, like, in general, the show and the movies. Goated soundtracks, uh, Grave of the Fireflies, Rango, the first Pirates movie, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and Brokeback Mountain, uh, Call Me By Your Name, Lord of the Rings trilogy, got great soundtrack, Blade Runner, both of them, Akira, um, the original Spider-Man, I'd say Metropolis, the Royal Tenenbaums, and the Grand Budapest Hotel. And then probably The Wind Rises are my movies. Well, I made a list of 25, but I'm just going to go out of order here. Um, I have a lot of Hans Zimmer on here, so I'm just going to start with him. I have both Blade Runners on here. Uh, I, And I also have Man of Steel. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> then I have Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. I know I don't know if I don't know if this is popular or not, but I've Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse. That's that's got a good sound. 
And then I have RoboCop. <laughs> and uh, I have surprisingly Kick-Ass. I know. I, I, I think that's a highly underrated soundtrack. Fantastic Mr. Fox. I hear he uh, usually has a lot of good soundtracks in mm-hmm. his movies. Yeah. And then obviously The Lion King. Yeah. What? Like, it's got good songs, but like... Yeah. Oh, anyway, keep I, going. Oh. Uh, and then Drive 2011. <laughs> drive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't have Drive online. That's a good one. It only has, like, the three songs. Yeah, but I know a lot of it is ambience. Yeah. But it's not good to listen to outside. That's why I That's why I have Blade Runner 2049 higher. But it's it's not better to listen to outside of the, like, the score itself. The, mute, the songs are fine, but the ambience music isn't okay to listen to by itself. But in the movie... It's really good. I yeah, I think so, probably, yeah. And the songs, in context of the movie, make the songs even better and make the movie better. Yeah, bro. It's got goaded soundtrack. And then obviously. I have Return of the King. So good. <laughs> so good. Oh my Mostly because the final song they play, and then... Well, I, I just said the entire the Lord of the Rings but, trilogy. Yeah. Just in yeah. general. That's got such good music. Then I put Empire Strikes Back because that's where the whole Star Wars music thing started, kinda. Because that that had the imperial that started the Imperial March. The third one? No, Empire Strikes Back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 That's why I have Empire on there instead of the other ones. But I much rather prefer Return of the Jedi soundtrack. (sighs) Alright, well that's controversial. (laughs) Controversial. I can't like Return of the Jedi because Ewoks product place, uh, market teddy bears. That, that's true. I agree with that. Sad movie. Yeah. So, um, unless you have anything else, we've been going for uh, a while. You know? Yeah, we have. Um, I just I, I do want to mention that uh, the the next ranking, the Pixar ranking. Um, have you you haven't started watching the ones that you haven't seen yet? No, no, I have not. Like, yeah, I I'm I'm rewatching all of them. That's all of probably them? A, a a dumb idea, but I'm rewatching all of them. Because oh. like I haven't seen some of them in like a decade, so I'm sort of just like looking through nostalgic lenses when I have my current ratings for them. A Bug's Life. Well, no, that's still goaded. Like, no joke. Oh, my God. That... I don't know. Ants has that social commentary of <laughs> how the working class gets fucked over by the upper classes. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. Marxism propaganda. Marxism. That's what the film was criticized at the time. Marxism, Marxism. propaganda. Communism. But Woody Allen. Communism. Yeah. Woody Allen. Oh, my gosh. And he sexually harasses people. Uh, epic. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, not. Okay, um, yeah, um, I might even rewatch Lightyear, even though they like, just came out. Sucks. Yeah, yeah, we, we're gonna, I think we have the same number one. Yeah, probably. But the rest is gonna be where we're gonna have some differing opinions, I think. I won't say what our shared equal number one is, but we, we, we do have the same one. I think I think we do. No, no. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. Anyway, um, 
I am excited for that ranking. What What do you think we'll do after ranks? Will we do Star Wars or will we do like? We have yeah, we have we can do another franchise: Star Wars, DC, Harry Potter exists. Well, DC is yeah, DC's all over the place. I know, like that that'd be difficult, you know, because it's not just like the yeah, it's not just like the DC like the MCU is, it, it got wacky. There's a lot of different shit out there for it. I mean, I'd be fine with watching all the Star Wars movies again if I was forced to. <laughs> well, because then I'd, I'd have to actually watch Rogue One and Solo. I haven't seen it. You should watch Solo, though. No. <laughs> yeah, I... Yeah, I'm more just... Like, I just... the Then all three of the rankings will have been busy. Yeah, that's kind of like I have seen all the Harry Potter movies, and I just I'm dreading. If we had to do that, I dread rewatching the Fantastic Beasts series. Oh no, we'd skip that. Okay, yeah. thank. I, God. I would I would be okay with skipping that. Oh, <laughs> uh, thank God. Yeah. Um. Or like, if if we did like a show, like what would you want to watch? Force you to watch Friends and all of Friends. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like it would be. Something sh- like how would we rank a show though? It would probably be by season, or if it was like one season, we'd maybe rank the episodes. Well, we could find out like a short show, I guess. Well, because I was thinking like, because even like if a show is like three seasons, each season still like ten hours. <laughs> so like, yeah, it's a lot of effort. I think a know? show is too much. Well, like, really yeah, it just like... depends on like the show, you know. Yeah, I don't really unless. We could do the boys. That yeah. Well, I don't know if we would rank it. Maybe it would be a ranking, but it'd be probably just more of a review. Because I was thinking, like, what's like a show that has enough seasons where you could rank it, but also is easy enough to get through, where we don't feel like we want to die. Simpsons. (laughs) (laughs) Don't say that. (laughs) That's not okay. That's not funny. Watch. What thirty four seasons of The Simpsons? Oh, the guy. Hey Peter. Hey Peter. Um, I don't know. I think most shows are like a dread to get through. Besides, like Community, but like. I mean, I don't know. I what if like, yeah, six seasons in a movie. <laughs> six seasons in a movie. So <laughs> waiting for that movie. <laughs> I don't think they're ever gonna do that movie though. To be honest, it's too late. <laughs> When you realize they went on to go create Rick and Morty and are probably never going to go back to Community. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Oh, did we ever... I don't think we talked about multiverses, did we? No, I don't think we did either. No, no, we'll go through that very quickly. It looks interesting. LeBron James is going (laughs) to wreck shop. leaked way back in the day. I know. What? And then he finally actually got revealed as, like, I'm just waiting to see the gizmo, the 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 mogwai. Is that what that species is called? Gizmo, the mogwai versus Godzilla. <laughs> uh, I'm more interested in Batman versus Superman. <laughs> no, Iron Giant versus Batman. Well, I'm just I'm interested in how like the synergy thing works because it prioritizes 
game work. So, like, Superman oh. and the Iron Giant have a synergy thing. So does Steven Universe just, like, talk? What? Does Steven Universe just, like, talk in the, in the game? Is that, is, is that how he fights? No, he, he has, game? like, a gem thing that gives him powers, I think. Yeah, people, no, it was a joke. He, people like, fucking hate that show. I haven't seen it, so I don't know why. No, I, I feel like there's two, ex- there's people hate the show or people love the show. Yeah. Like, I seriously don't know what the hell is up with it. Like, I don't know why people despise it. And, like, because I had only heard good things, and then there, there's just, like, suddenly only people that think it's garbage. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? I think it's, I think it's the fans. The, all the fans? Um, the, the critics are like, yeah, it's good. But the fans of the show itself hate it. Like, no, no, the, the critics... I mean, I was saying, like, people hate the fans. Oh! Yeah. yeah, 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 Like, that's what keeps me away from a lot of things, is, is the fans. Like, I know people say... Like, Simon Pegg said Star Trek fans aren't that bad. And I'm like, that's one of the things that keeps me away from Star Trek. <laughs> is the fans. Well, that's why you just don't go on to Twitter and talk about it. <laughs> that's that's you true. Just, you, you just watch it for yourself, and you enjoy it. Yeah, that was... That was some news, too. Simon Pegg got himself crowned uh, Star Wars with the most toxic fandom. I mean, that's true, though. I'm, well, uh, I'm, there's too many fandoms that are really bad. Yeah, well, I mean, Star Wars, they don't even know what they're criticizing anymore. That's true. It's either blindly praising or it's criticizing things that don't even need to be criticized. Me, a Chad, who thinks that maybe the six-episode Disney Plus formula shouldn't have wouldn't work for Kenobi. It, it, it should have just been a movie instead of a six-episode But whatever. We don't talk about but whatever. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. Disney is ruining of their stupid six-season form, six-episode formula. Yeah, that's so weird. Alright. You don't have anything left? No. Yeah, alright. So, it's a good thing we split it up because th- this is technically supposed to be the second half, and it went for three hours. Uh, so... Uh, I think we're going to head over to the socials. We're going to plug them one more time, y'all. All All right. So on Instagram, we're the real chill mart. On Twitter, we're at chilly marty69. God damn it. On YouTube, we are chill mart podcast. And then you can find us on Spotify on chill, uh, just chill mart. Now we're hoping we can get to. Fuck, we're hoping we can get to. Google Podcasts soon. That that's the hope that we'll be able to launch on that. God damn it. Um. I think. Yeah. Uh. Thank. Sorry. Thank you for joining us. Um. It's been. Uh. A bit of a rough experience. We've been at this for like it's six hours. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe more. Um, So, yeah, next episode, the hope is we'll have a guest. Um, Oh, God, fuck me. Um, (laughs) um, And uh, what what else will we have next time outside of the guest? Because, like, I'm not sure how long that conversation and I won't tell you who it is, because A, you won't know them, but also B, it ruins the surprise. Um, 
surprise that someone you don't Surpri- know. Surprise, yeah, it's someone you don't know, right? But also, like, if we just told them, oh, it's this person, then, you know, you, we, we, we gotta leave them on the edge of whatever seat they're on. <laughs> so we have, um, the, the Milo dance of Morbius on repeat. <laughs> it's so... It's, <laughs> god damn it. I think we're a bit delusional, too. Oh, my God. Dude, okay. You know what? We're going we're to sit here for another hour and talk about Morbius. <laughs> god damn it.